Okay, Dave, um, we should get this podcast recorded. It's uh, getting pretty late. We need to get it done so we can get it edited. And, and, um, uh, Dave. David. Dave. Hey. Why? What? What are you doing? Sorry, I couldn't hear you. I was listening to my JBL Club Pro Plus true wireless in-ear headphones with noise cancellation technology. Ooh. I couldn't hear a word you were saying. Yeah, because I just speak noise. I know. Thanks to our good friends over at JBL for sending them to me. I was at, Hey, I was actually thinking after the podcast we could maybe listen to some tunes on our JBL Extreme 3, which has just been released also from our good friends at JBL. Thanks to our friends at JBL for sponsoring um, the channel um, and the podcast and all that for this month. Awesome. Fantastic. Let's get into it. Ooh, cool. Let's do it. Yep. Good. Water on the desk. I got water on the mixer. Oh no! Right. It didn't get into it. Ah, oh, jeez. Hello, hello everybody. Welcome to the Dave Lee Down Under podcast. I'm of course your host Dave Lee. This is episode 29. Can't believe it. 29 episodes. We had a bit of a um, all near disaster coming in. We didn't do a, a regular show last week, so I've forgotten. Forgot what to do. Come in, spill the water everywhere. Got in the mixer desk a little bit. Oh, I forgot to unmute you again. Hang on. What you want to try, try it again? No, we'll just keep going. <laughs> Jesus. I'm all well, over you the just place. Walk out now and come back in and okay, let's just do it again. All right. All right, guys. Yep. Keep the music going. You ready? Oh, headphones off. All right, you ready? Oh! Oh, no! Oh, it's a disaster! It's a disaster! No! Oh, Jesus. Oh, Christ. Oh, we shouldn't have done that. Oh, those watching are getting the full experience out there. We, we've had a disaster. We we're going to try and... Oh, I'm stepping on ice now. Jesus, shit. Fucking hell, man. Uh, he's, he's got up. He's got up to do the intro again. Knock the microphone off the desk. The water's gone everywhere. The water's gone with it. I tripped on the headphone cable. Fucking hell, man. (laughs) All right, we'll just leave it. Let's just sit Uh, down. Oh, my gosh. Keep going. What an intro. Right, okay, you want to do it again? Fucking hell. What are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) What? (laughs) Just find something to clean the water up. All right, I'll run it. I'll run the ship. You go and get it like a towel or something. Fucking hell, man. Fucking desire. This is what I'm saying. I haven't fucking been off the air for shit. Righto. You can join me every single Monday here on the podcast. Uh, the podcast goes out on all major podcasting platforms. It includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and Audible. Uh, the visual elements available to view on YouTube same day on the Monday. But if you're a patron supporter, you get that on two-day early access. On the Saturday, uh, which... Um, Oh jeez! So if you want, <laughs> if you want the early access, uh, you can head over to patreon.com/davelydownunder for as little as a dollar a month. You can get that early access, 
Um, of course, the video podcasts have been migrated over to a new channel now, which is the Dave Lee Down Under podcast channel. Um, you can find me on YouTube at Dave Lee Down Under, the regular channel over on Twitter, Instagram, links uh, in the description of every single podcast. You want to write into the show, DaveLeePod at gmail.com. And if you're listening on the podcasting platforms, uh, you could please leave a review and a rating. Oh, right, the rating at the start, that was probably zero. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Jesus. Well, you've just done it and you're back in time for the music to finish. So, well, well done. There you go. Fucking hell. Oh, buggered now. How are you going? Well, that was, uh, that was a bit of a disaster. Yeah. It's the clean. It's only water, so it wasn't so bad. It's not going <laughs> to do any damage as this lands on the well, mixer board or something. Luckily, it didn't go all, all over the board. Covered, covered my phone, but they're waterproof these days. So. Luckily. And it was in a case. No, it's not in the case today. Oh, shit. I need a case over there. Yeah, anyway. no. It would have destroyed the case, probably. Probably, yeah. Probably better it wasn't in the case. Well, you're lucky. Well, there you go. There you go. That's a... <laughs> that's Bit of a disaster a... to the start. Yeah, how fun. And you get to see it all. We didn't edit it out No, I didn't edit it out. Just kept going. Couldn't kept be fucked. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah, well. We're human. Yeah. Well. Well. To some an extent. Some would argue to a, to a point. Anyway, <clears throat> as, I, as I say, you can leave... Uh, so what are we doing? What's this episode what? This is episode 29. 29. Ooh, well, Jesus. technically it's episode 30 if you count that um, nah, pilot. Forget, forget the technical <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> Episode 29 of the show proper. Yeah. Um, like, I, like I always say, you can leave a review. You can leave a, podcast, uh, a review on the podcast platforms. Only it does help. Ones. Only the good ones. Don't um, the shit ones. You can leave them. And someone did this week, actually. Ooh. Um, <laughs> what, left a shit one or...? No, they left a good one, but it's um, it's so good that if you'd gone on there and you read this, you'd think these fucking dodgy bastards They're have set, 20 set up. Put it all. Yeah, we've either paid someone to do it, or we've like created a burner account and and, and left it there ourselves. Um, it's from um, Ollie's TF nine zero eight one. The subject was it's so good. Ooh, um, and then he writes, literally my favorite podcast ever. Starring the incredible Dave Lee, it's me, and co-starring old mate Rick. It's me. It's you over there. Please listen to this podcast. It's awesome. Oh, it's nice. That's very nice one. Thank you very much, Ollie's TF, 1908 one. You see, I told you I can write. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a nice one. Yeah, so if you want to spam um, the, the, the Apple, wherever you leave the reviews, I think it's the Apple one, yeah. Well, it is. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. Yeah, I know that for sure. Um you can go and just spam really nice ones like that. But don't say, I told you to do it. Because I'm not telling you to do it. I'm not telling you to do it. Don't do it. No, I'm not allowed to do that. Don't do it. Can't tell you to do that. Don't do it. Um, it's been um, a busy week for me, as always. Yeah, it has been. Very busy. Not for me. I've had a... Have a You've been chilling. Pretty slack that week this week. I went a little bit crook. Well, yeah. Last time we were on the podcast, you were saying that you were feeling a little bit. You were feeling like you're about to come down with the cold. Yeah. And we're making yeah. a joke. Oh, c- could be COVID. Could be COVID. So we finished up going to get a COVID yeah, test. Yeah, we did. Because <laughs> I come down with a bit of a cold, uh, no. and I've just got back into it now. So it's been yeah. a couple of weeks. I've and if you heard the news this morning, there's one new case of COVID in Melbourne, apparently. Oh, God. And oh, here we go again. It's not old mate Rick. No, um, it's not me. No. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, there's one in the public now, so let's see what happens. But, anyway, we were all fine. We went and got to – we did our due diligence and we, we got – You've got, you got video. Took, got video I did put video of it, yeah. I'll put that over the top Yeah, if you like, yeah. 
if you want to see old mate Rick get a thing stuck oh, up his nose. Did you, did you... I filmed you, yeah, and I filmed me as well. So I'll put the I run film, I filmed you. you. I filmed film you and you filmed me. You film, yeah, well. So, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, so that was fun. There's a second time we've done it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, first one was awful. First one was terrible. This one wasn't as bad. They stuck that thing right up your yeah, back the, of your eyeball. This time it was, they didn't go up as far. No. I don't think. No, it was good. Because she went in there and then pulled that out and that was it. I was like, oh, shit, you're done. Yeah, next one. Well done. I was waiting. I was like, oh, bracing myself for it to go all the way up. And then, no, it's only just like there. Because that first one felt like she was sticking in the back of the eyeball. Yeah, awful. Oh, boy. Awful. So, yeah, we did that. We got our results back the next day and we we were fine. But we're all clear. Yeah, we're fine. That's two weeks ago now. I've just finished up with a bit of a cough. Yeah, you've had a cough. Well, that happened to me when I got really sick over in the UK. Remember, I had a really bad cold. Yeah, yeah, I had like right. three colds in a row. Uh, I'd get better, then I'd get another cold, and I'd get better again. And then I just had this lingering cough for months. It yeah. had to be like six months. We well, you know what I'm like. I, be- I barely ever catch colds yeah. or flus or anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I, last cold I had, I had, had a bit of one early last early last year. I think I had a bit of a cold. Yeah. But prior to that, I reckon I hadn't yeah. had one for probably. I don't know, four or five years maybe. Easy. But um, <clears throat> sometimes when I get them, they get me. Yeah. Well, there you go. But it was only a bit of a head cold and stuff and I just got I was just doing a bit of sneezing, a bit mm. of coughing. And yeah, it was like me. Had no temperature or anything like that. Just felt tired. Well, I had it first, but I was over it in two days. Yeah, yeah. Out, both you, done, and, done, both done. you and, uh, and mum. Yeah, we all had it. That was fun. I've had it, and had it for, I think, mum had it for about four days. You had it for two or three two days. days. And yeah, crazy, man. I've had it. Well, yeah, had it for a couple of weeks probably. Mm. Just the <clears throat> well, the worst of it was last week, early yeah, early yeah. last week. Yeah, this week's just the dregs. Just yeah, the, lovely the coughing and mm, blah, the fun stuff. Sort of stuff. Um. So yeah, you've been just chilling around since, and then I've been just doing my normal shit. Oh, I forgot to hook you. No, I, no, no, no. You hooked it on. It's oh, probably, it flew off. Right. In the disastrous though. Oh opening. yeah, I did I'll see probably... it. I did see it on the floor. I was thinking, did I not? Anyway, yeah. Um, I had a few sort of early mornings. Oh, it's under the desk. Hang on a minute. I'll get it. Let me just take this under here. Oh, it's just there. I'll take this under the desk so that there's no dead air, as yeah, they say in the business. Yeah, yeah, there we, we go. go. Okay, got you. Awesome. If you're listening, you're probably confused what the hell is going on. This is a very unprofessional episode. There's ice <laughs> on the table. There's ice on the table and it's making like a little puddle of your stuff. And we're talking the... about frozen water. Yeah, I know. Have you got that, like a like tissue or something? I can. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's starting to be a little puddle on the desk. You've got to be careful because I might do it again. Oh, no. <laughs> Shit. Oh, there we go. Thanks. Yeah, well, this has been productive. Let's just get this up or else it'll damage the table anyway. Here right, there we go. Behind the scenes. We should be right now. Should be. I'll get that out of there. Right. Um, Anything can happen. Yeah, well, yeah. As well, we just saying. I was, um, yeah, I was busy doing videos. I did some interviews this week, which was fun. Um, you had an early morning one, didn't you? No, it was like 9.30. It was like 9.30. It was, was going to be 6.30 and then, right, they, yeah. then they managed to get it pushed for me. Yeah. When they called me, they said, do you mind doing 6.30? I was like, no, to- totally fine. Happy to do it. Happy to do whenever. And then she um, <laughs> and she emailed me back. She was like, oh, I've been able to get them to push it. Yes, thank Good. you very much. It's nice. So you can get asleep in, she said. <laughs> 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 I said, thank you. I appreciate that. I wouldn't have mind either way. No, um, that's right. But 
But yeah, that was nice. So I did a couple of interviews. We'll play one later in the show, and we'll talk about the other one sort of briefly too. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, what's the um, the uh, one with what's his name? The oh, Rob Paulson. Rob Paulson. That yeah, was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. He he seemed to enjoy it too. Yeah, yeah. Nice little. That was like what last week's podcast. Last week, yeah, that was last week's, last week's podcast. podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because they email they emailed me. His PR agent emailed me and said. Oh, I know you're a fan of animation. Do you know Rob Paulson? I was like, Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> um, and she was like, "Oh, we can. I can organize. You know, forty five minutes with you to chat with him and whatever. Talk about with time. talk about whatever you want." I was like, "Oh, because I said, how long can I? Ha- how long do I get?" And she was like, "Is forty five minutes enough?" I was like, "Jesus, because that's the longest one I've done." Yeah, and I thought, "Fuck, that's long." Sometimes you do one that's like five minutes and it just breezes. Other times it can be an eternity. It depends on the person. Yeah. Whether the person's giving you good answers or whether they give you really shitty answers. Um, luckily, I haven't had any that give me shitty answers, but sometimes you get someone who's maybe just not talkative yeah. or chatty and it, it makes it feel a like monosyllabic. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm running out of questions now. Um, so I thought, but I, but I said to him, what can I talk, what can I talk to him about? And she said, whatever you want. I said, all right, 45 minutes will be good then. I'll dive into whatever. Yeah. And she's like, just touch on Animaniacs, Animaniacs Live. If you want to talk about his book, if you want to talk about the Health cancer, issues, yeah, yeah. The, uh, cancer awareness, the autism awareness, whatever. She's like, just do whatever you want. That was awesome. Yeah, so I just got uh, free reign to just sort of – I don't even really know why it happened. They just sort of – I uh, think it was just like a PR push for whatever and – I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It's hard to know. Maybe it was, wasn't really his book. It was he well. Was his pushing, book came out two years ago. Yeah, so it wasn't his book. He's pushing. It was maybe don't know. Animaniacs. I think probably. it was the Animaniacs because they've just done because the season one was last year, and it was only just announced that they're doing season three. Because oh, right, they okay. produced one and two together. And he was, in fact, he was off. He was off he to was record off to, that yeah. that that day, wasn't crazy. he? Crazy, yeah. With, uh, with as he said, Mister Spielberg. Mr. Yeah, crazy, awesome. crazy stuff. Yeah, so that was good. If you missed that, that was the. I present well because it was originally going to be just an interview, and then there was some mention of podcast in the later interview in the later emails, and I thought oh, I'll present some of it as as like part of the podcast, and then I'll do the video and I'll just sort of cross yeah. platform. Um, but the interview went so well, I thought oh, fuck it, I'm just going to make just that this week's podcast. That worked well. Last week, and it saved us from doing a. It gave us a week off from yeah. doing one of these. And he, uh, he seems like a, seemed like a really nice fellow. Oh, he was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it was really, really lovely. Yeah, really open and yeah, and happy to very surprised. Happy to talk about anything. Wasn't he? It was it's almost like talk about whatever you want. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. It's worth a listen if you yeah. haven't, haven't. You know, if you haven't um, <clears throat> seen it, get on and have a look at it or listen to it or whatever. Yeah, or, there's a video on YouTube. Otherwise, yeah. the whole audio is la- pod- is last yeah. week's episode of the podcast. Yeah. So check that out. If it you was want. good, it's worth it. I enjoyed it. I had fun with that. He's uh, he was fa- he was fantastic. It was really yeah. really good. Pretty so, genuine well. sort of bloke too. Yeah, little, very humble and pretty humble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was good. It no, was very I good. Enjoyed, enjoyed that. that. Enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so it's been. It was like three interviews in a row I did last week because that one with Rob was what, last Wednesday or last Thursday, yeah. last Thursday morning, and then on Monday I had oh my two interview my next two interviews were both on Monday. On Monday, yeah, that's right. So I was like trying to navigate that. So I had one at nine thirty, and then I had one at like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So so that was a that was a fun day. A very fun uh, day. Are going to present it. one of them today? We're going to present one of them today. We'll, Can't we'll do, do the second one because it's... Can't do the second one because it's still under embargo. 
Actually, I think I can release it, but but she, the the um uh PR agent I've been dealing with, she's like, oh, just hold off on it for like, until like re- week of release. Yep. Because it becomes less, it's less relevant if you load it earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would have done that anyway. I yeah. think because even particularly for me, uploading content that's not relevant, you know. Um. So yeah, we'll talk about that anyway. It's been two weeks we've been off. Um. We've actually watched quite a bit of stuff. Well, I have anyway. Um. So let's go over like two weeks worth of stuff I've been watching. We'll try and get through it pretty quickly because there's some random shit in here. I watched a bunch of like older stuff. I don't know why. Because I've got. Oh, so look, before we move on, what we got football this weekend. Oh yeah, I just yeah. wanted to mention this. Yeah, and it's uh, it's the biggest home and away game mm. of the season in the yeah. in the whole competition. Collingwood versus versus Essendon. Yeah. Um, Anzac Day game. Yeah. It's uh, Anzac, A N Z A C is Australian and New Zealand Army Corps, and it's uh, it's uh, I don't know. Really, it's a celebration. It's a um, commemoration. A commemoration. A recognition. Um, uh, of our Anzacs from the First mm-hmm. World War, um, mm. and they were the Australian Army, Australian and New Zealand Army, mm. uh, who combined and because um, you know the New Zealanders and Australians were like cousins, mm-hmm. really close, close cousins. And um, I just wanted to mention that and just say that you know thanks to the to the old diggers, the old mm. Anzacs, and yes. and and those that um, you know remember those that. Lost their lives, and those mm. that came home, we celebrate, and those that are currently serving. Yep, I just wanted to mention That's that. Good. And that was, and and those who don't know, uh, Anzac Day is uh, Sunday the twenty fifth. Twenty fifth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I always get that confused. Twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty fifth. So Sunday the twenty fifth of April, and it's our celebration of our mm. of our uh, servicemen and women, um, just like what the Americans have. They have. Oh, it's uh, like Veterans Day. Veterans Day and Memorial Day yeah. and whatever. What There's called? a few of them. What's the, what do the Brits have? Oh, I the don't Brits know. Brits do one too, don't they? Yeah, like Obviously. Remembrance Day is the big one. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So you know, thanks. You thanks to yeah. all our to all our service people around the world that look after look after our freedom and our and our way of life. So we're going to the game to celebrate. We're going to the game to celebrate. Should I tell them the story of trying to get tickets? <laughs> and it's 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 going to be the I saw on the <clears throat> on the radio uh, on the television yeah. earlier that it will be the largest crowd oh, at any sporting or at any event anywhere in the world since the pandemic. Oh. There is a there is eighty five thousand allowed in. Gosh, it's crazy. That's going to be. They weird. probably won't get eighty five, but yeah. they they could very well because we haven't had It'll it for nuts. a couple of years. So. Yeah, well, the stadium fits a hundred thousand, so it's not full yeah, capacity. Right. But no. geez, it's going to be insane. So It'll we're there amazing. in the bleachers. We're the, well, we're up the top. We yeah. had good tickets though, but we did have good tickets. But the fucking ticket master or whoever ticket it was, Ticket Tech, was it Ticket Tech? It was Ticket Tech. <sighs> Just Ticket Master is the other it's stadium. a normal one, yeah. And that was yeah, easy yeah, to get yeah. tickets through. And t- the whatever we used was a fucking disaster. The other one's been really easy to kind of get our tickets, um, but then this one, um, <laughs> well, we're members of Essendon, so we usually get. Home games. That's what but, this is. But because of yeah, but because of this year, um, we've had to like reserve seats because it's not been full capacity, and it's been really easy to do it until this week. And usually, you know, you go and you buy your tickets, and it gives you like ten minute window to get your tickets, and you put them in your cart, and then it should give you like um, they're just sorry, they're just the badges we buy every right. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the at the games. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, oh, what was I saying? Uh, getting the tickets. 
fucking hell, I've lost my train of thought. Normally it's easy to get to. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I don't know where it was. Fucking hell. Normally um, we have our membership. Well, well yeah, no, 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 no. I've done all that. I've done that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, you get, usually you get onto one of these websites when you're buying tickets, they give you like a 10-minute window. And then you get your tickets, you put them in your cart, and usually they'll add like a couple of minutes to lay to check out. Yeah, each step, each step um, you but go this through. thing, because the queue was so long on it, we had to get on really early. So I was lucky to get into the website about 12 minutes before tickets went on sale. By the time I got in there, got the tickets, added them to the cart, didn't allow me any extra time. You needed about three seconds more. Didn't I would. You? I needed like three more seconds because oh, you have to fill in all this information. You have to give all the names of all the people who are going, and all the phone after numbers you've already given, uh, yeah, the phone numbers after you've already given the barcodes from your membership cards. And I had to fill in that address and fucking all this bullshit. And then I was just at the bit where I was typing in. I had like two minutes to do this. I was just at the bit where I was typing in the credit card, the number on the back of the credit card. I was about to hit enter and it fucking timed me out. Uh, and we had tickets in the goal square, like almost right down the front. Yep. And then it took us – we couldn't get back on, but I was lucky because I'd tried to load up my phone earlier and the phone had gone through. So we did it on the phone and we wound up with tickets right up the in the bleachers, yeah, the like top. literally right up the back, yeah, well. top level up the back. And well, it'll be all right. Anyway, we'll anyway we'll we're 20 minutes – in now, let's move so on. Let's Sorry, move. I just had to mention that. You're right. Yeah, it's good. Thank you. It's good. It's good. Our uh, service people. Yeah, lovely. So yeah, that'll be Sunday. We'll be celebrating that. I'm awesome. excited. I'm excited for it. Very, Always love the Anzac game. Um, so anyway, as I was saying earlier, shit we've watched. I'll go through this really quick because it's just a bunch of random stuff. You hear him coughing off, off there, off the side. Just there. occasionally. <laughs> um. I got into like I've got like two piles of shit I need to watch. There's my regular pile. Well, I've got like three piles. I've got like the pile of stuff I need to watch for the stuff that gets sent into me to yep. watch and review. That's priority. And then I go to my second pile, which is like my main pile, which is like hundreds of things I haven't watched, and it's more recent stuff, like maybe like 1980s onward. And then I've got like fucking hundreds of these classic films. I have hundreds and hundreds of them. I haven't even moved many of them over to the cla- to the normal oh. pile just yet because I'm just like, I want to get this stuff out of the way and then I'll spend like five years of my life just going through like old films. I'll be fine with that. Anyway, but this week I decided to dive into the old pile for one reason or another. Um, oh, because I, I recently bought The Lady Killers, the original version, not the Tom Hanks one. This is the yep. original one um, which has Sir Alec Guinness, and um, uh, what's his name? Um, Peter Sellers. Mm. Uh, fantastic. I'd never seen it. Yeah, I, was, good. I was like, I have to watch it because like one of the most, like they reckon it's like the, the best English comedy of all time or one of. It's pretty good. Uh, it was one of the Ealing comedies. Oh, it's amazing. So good. I really loved it. Um, so I just, as, as, as soon as I got that, I was like, I have to watch that. So I watched that, really loved it. I'd re- highly recommend it. It's just come out on Blu-ray. But it's a 4K of it in the UK as well. Um, and then as a result of that, last year I bought one called Kind Hearts and Coronets, which is also a com- uh, an Ealing comedy with Sir Alec Guinness playing like eight different characters. Um, he's like, there's this guy and his mother's like an aristocrat, but the family's done her over. And when she dies, they refuse to bury her with the rest of the aristocratic people oh, in the dear. family and they just bury her in like a dodgy cemetery. So he decides he's going to go and kill everyone that stands in his way of the line of succession. And each of the eight people is played by Alec Guinness. Amazing. Cool. So good. 
It's surprisingly for a guy that plays eight characters in the film, he's not in it very much. Really? Yeah, but he's amazing. Each one of the characters is just so different. Well, appears just, on the screen, gets killed, yeah, gets pr- buried. Very much. Uh, so it's really good though. Very, very good. So if you can seek that one out, seek it out for sure. I also watched one called A Matter of Life and Death while I was on a roll. Uh, this is a British film as well, made kind of early 1940s, I believe probably 1943. Um, it was a and Pressburger film. This is my first one of theirs that I've seen. I've got a whole bunch of their movies that I haven't watched yet. They did like Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, and uh, The Red Shoes, a bunch of these other kind of like drama, fantasy kind of comedy kind of things. Um, and this one had David Niven in it. I can't remember the name of the of of the um, of the the female that was in it. Um, I don't know if I've really seen her in much. But again, this is another one of those movies where they say it's like one of the greatest British films ever made. And oh man. It was fantastic, like an easy five-star effort for me. This Kim, Kim Hunter. Kim Hunter, yeah. This one, I, th- I think I'd seen her in one other thing. If you click on it, I think I think it comes up like one of the one of the top top things is like I'd seen her in something. Oh, a streetcar, street yeah. She was um, Stella in a streetcar named Desire. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, she's terrific. Um. Anyway, this thing has she like was in shot the eight version of Planet of the Apes too. Yeah, she did all the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. I didn't remember oh, yeah, it. She was yeah, probably yeah, one of yeah, the yeah, apes, yeah. so she was probably like makeup, covered in makeup, yeah, I exactly. imagine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so oh, she's terrific in it. David Niven's terrific in it as well. Um, so, oh, such a gorgeous film. And like, what was this? Nineteen forty-three, I think. Or what's that? Or was this nineteen? The 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 this one here, Matter, uh, of, life Matter of Life and Death, uh, forty-six. Forty-six. So later forties. Um, but a lot of it's shot in Technicolor. Again, quite rare for them to be shooting in colour in the 40s. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Technicolor has been around since like the 20s, but it was still very rare for them to use it in, in cinema because it was so expensive. Uh, you, of course, got big films that were done in, in colour and stuff, but it was it's still very rare. Most of the films from the period were still shot in black and white. This film has black and white sequences and colour sequences. Basically, what it is is this guy is a fighter pilot and he... Is cap- the film opens with him in his plane and the plane's crashing, obviously during World War Two, and she is like the rescue response worker who he's talking to over the communication, basically telling, trying to assist him in escaping the plane, whatever. And he's like, "No, this is it. I'm gonna die." And they strike kind of like a sort of like the sort of like I, I guess like a, there's a bit of chemistry there or whatever, and he dies, and um, because of the mass fog. That has come over this harbour, the otherworldly beings that are running heaven, it's not quite called heaven, but you know, where the afterlife, yep. they don't see him come down and he somehow manages to escape going to heaven. Oh. Um, and he goes and he seeks out her and they begin this romance. And then once these people in the afterlife discover, oh shit, we're missing one, they go after him. Um, so they they catch up with I will fucking watch this again I will watch it again and again and again this has shot up to like one of my favourite classic films ever instantaneously Um, and he's like I've just fallen in love please give me extra time so they're like okay we'll give you some extra time to prove yourself and to do whatever you want want to do and whatever it's fantastic um, got a the, good rating too. Eight, eight yeah. one on IMDb. Well, right. I had never really heard about this, and I remember watching a, a, an interview with J, J.K. Rowling interviewed um, with Harry Potter. What's his name? Daniel Radcliffe, yeah. and she asked him, "What's your favorite film of all time?" And he said, "A Matter of Life and Death." And she said, "Wow, that's my favorite film too." 
And that's the first time I'd kind of really heard about it. And more I looked into it, I was like, man, I have to see this movie one day. And they finally released it on Blu-ray in the UK and I, I imported it. It's so good and it's so far ahead of its time. The cinematography in it is gorgeous. They film in black and white and colour. The scenes in the afterlife are in black and white, whereas the scenes on Earth are in colour, whereas usually you would imagine it would be the other way around. Mm. So there were just all these real kind of technological, just things that they did so far ahead of its time. Incredible movie. Anyway, I rambled about that for too long, but I would highly, highly recommend seeking that out. I have seen it. I don't, it I don't is really amazing. It, though, I will watch it over and over again. Seen it. So good. That's like, that's like 30 years since I saw it. Probably, probably. more. That's like Casablanca level for me almost. Wow. That is incredible film. I'm going to have to check it out oh, again. Yeah, I'll watch it again. I'll watch it for over sure. and over. Anyway, what else did I get into? I watched another like classic film this morning, Scarface, the original one oh, from the 1930s, which was actually really terrific. I'd never seen it before. Um, Imprint uh, has just released that as part of their latest wave. Um, I watched another Imprint one yesterday called Regarding Henry, which is a um, – t- um, Harrison Ford film where he gets shot and then he basically has to relearn how to talk and Mm -hmm. move and he goes through like this. He's like a high executive guy who like treats people like shit and then he goes through after this accident he goes through like a life-affirming sort of thing where he becomes a better person. It was good, very schmaltzy and very kind of predictable and hammy and whatever, but I enjoyed it. Um, I also watched Time Cop with my pal. JCVD. Oh, my God. I think I'm just about had enough now. Oh, I think I would have had enough <laughs> after think, the first 10 minutes of the I'm first one. I think I'm just about had enough. This was very good. I enjoyed this. This is like one of the films where it was actually like one of his, which I'm like, this is actually a really good movie. He's good in it. Good story. He's like a time cop. He has to like, he, there's like all these like people have learned how to time travel. So they in, create like this a time a cop agency, whatever, and they kind of go back and forward in time to try, kind of fix these crimes or whatever and try and get the the natural timeline back in order. It's quite good. I like that, but I think I've just about had enough oh. for now of the JCVD. I'm not sure. We'll see. Um, we watched Slapshot. Great film. So good. What a good film that really is. Really good. 1977. Yeah. This was released. Uh, same year as Star Wars. It's got Paul Newman in it. Uh, still kind of at the height of his, yep. I think he was like 50, very early 50s, 51 or something in this. Um, very good. It's like a sports comedy where he's the uh, a player coach of a hockey team. Is that is that a normal thing for hockey? I think where the hockey, the coach is a player. I feel like I've heard that I'm before not, with I'm hockey. I'm not sure whether it is now, but I'm, I'm sure it used to be back, uh, back in the day. Yeah. It was a big thing. I mean, I even like, even our sports here, like yeah. football and stuff, they we had a lot of mm-hmm. um, playing coaches coach. as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was very common up mm. until fairly recently with slap with slap shot with uh, with ice hockey. But yeah. Um, oh, that's a 2014 version I pulled up. Oh. Um, Is it two words? Maybe I think it's one word. But anyway, it's got Paul Newman in it, and it's very, very good. It's very funny, very good story, all that shit. They're like a really shitty hockey team, and the only way they can find a way to get to the championship is to essentially play as goons. 
and get out there and cause yeah. fights and <laughs> yeah. it's very good, very good film. That's how I would have played it if I played, yeah, that, I played that game. I bet you would have. But yeah, Paul Newman's one of my absolute favourites of all time. He's on the wall over there, Cool Hand Luke. Yep. Uh, this was actually directed by George Roy Hill who did um, Cool Hand Luke and um, oh, really? Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, yeah. Sundance, what a great film. Yeah, terrific. It's one of my favourite yeah. films. So all three were obviously uh, George Roy Hill and Paul Newman were in all three of those films too. Just all terrific, like win, win, win. Yeah. This was the only one that didn't have... Did he do... It was no. 52. Did he... No, he didn't do Cool Hand Luke. He did The Sting. Yeah, The Sting. So it was yeah, The yeah, Sting yeah. and Butch Cassidy yep. and, and Slapshot. Yeah, but I don't remember who did Cool Hand Luke, but I don't think it was uh, George Roy. Uh, just, but yeah. just love the film. Oh, they're all great. I just love Paul Newman films. Yeah, yeah, yeah Just yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was fun. Slapshot was a lot of fun. I'd definitely check that out if you, uh, if you can. Yeah, um, and particularly if you're into sports films, it's great. Yeah, so good. Great film, really, really good film. Then after that, we I think wa- even the, the um, professional hockey players, even to today, mm. um, watch that. Yeah. Well, it's well, the DVD cover, or the Blu-ray cover anyway, said one of the best sports comedies of all time, one of the best sports and films is, of all time, it so it's yeah. very good. Um, then we also watched after that, because I had some time, we watched Jabberwocky. <sighs> Oh, God. <laughs> Which is like, um, same year, actually, as it turned out. It was also made yeah, in 1977. Was, yeah. This is one of Terry, G- this is Terry Gilliam's very first movie he directed by himself. Uh, so this was made between Monty Python and the Holy Grail and Monty Python Life of Brian. It was like yeah. two years between each. This is very much like a Holy Grail sort of thing, set in the middle, like middle, middle ages. ages yeah. um, and he goes, it's this sort of affable, sort of bumbling Dan is out of his luck guy, played by Michael Palin from, yep. from Monty Python. Um, and he goes on this quest to kind of discover himself and then he gets wrapped up in... He's this, just searching for the Holy Grail, yeah, really, isn't much, he? Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets mistaken for a prince and then he winds up getting caught up in like this thing where these people are trying to capture the Jabberwocky, which is this massive creature that's eaten everyone. In the forest, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's just like one of those comedy of errors sort of things. Very... Very Monty Python, but Very Monty not Python. as funny. Well, based on a Lewis Carroll poem. Well, yeah, it's the poem that opens up the second Alice in Wonderland book. Oh, is it? Alice with the Looking Glass, yeah. Because oh. he scattered like poems through the Alice in Wonderland books, uh, the Jabberwocky. So, yeah, um, but it was it's good. It's a good film, but it's like very dated. Oh, yeah. Uh, very yeah, dated, yeah, yeah. and I feel like it's like an acquired sort of... Oh, it's I, very acquired. You've got to be a real Python fan. Well, yeah, that's really why I wanted to see it, because it's very much those kind of offshoot, that time bandits, Baron Munchausen, yeah. are the ones that Terry Gilliam did kind of around the same time as Monty Python. They, yeah. they use a lot of the same actors. Uh, so this one, Terry Gilliam was in it briefly, and Terry Jones was in it briefly. Baron Munchausen has Eric Idle. Um, and then, um, uh, what was the other one I just said? Um, Time Bandits Time. has John Cleese and Michael Palin and yeah, whatever. Yeah. So they sort of use the same kind of guys, and yeah, so they're all very Python esque. And but they pull they pull in some some other some other well known British yeah, comics yeah, like yeah. Harry Corbett and yeah, yeah, you know a few yeah, a few others, which is really good. Yeah. So yeah. I enjoy, enjoyed it, but yeah, yeah, I think you do have to be like a real either a real Terry Gilliam fan, yeah. or a Python fan. He's got a really, he's got a really twisted sort of weird. really twisted very anim, um, animation style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was a cartoonist. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, like, he was one that did all the, all the yeah. animation on Python, Python stuff. Yeah, obviously we're a huge Python fan. So I was like, this is one of the Criterion discs I bought. 
Um, so I'd like, I've got to check this out because it's like one of those like little bits of Python history that I've never really watched or never really thing. And then I watched a documentary on it, which was quite interesting as well. Anyway, that's on the Criterion Collection if you want to check that out. And I just bought Time Bandits from Arrow, waiting for that to arrive, and we'll right. check, check that one out. And I bought Baron Munchausen actually as well. Have I haven't seen that for a long time. Yeah, we'll watch them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think I bought Baron Munchausen for like $3 at JB during a sale a few months back. So, yeah. So I've got all those ones now. I also watched um, True Crime, which is a film with um, Clint Eastwood. It's like a late 90s Eastwood film. Uh, It's it's just sort of like a – he's like a newspaper journalist, like a – kind of at the end of his career, who's brought back in to do this human interest story in this guy who is says he's been wrongly convicted of a crime and he's on death row and he's about to get the chair and whatever. And um, so Clint Eastwood's character is hired to come in and just do a human interest story on him, interview him, whatever. But he gets so deep into it that he starts to believe that the guy is innocent mm. and starts to prove against the wishes of his editor and um, yeah. who is played by James Woods terrifically and kind of the managing, the kind of the, the head of staff uh, who's played by Dennis Leary in a rare kind of dramatic role. Um, and he kind of, against their wishes, he starts to delve deeper into it, <laughs> trying to prove this guy's innocence. Very, yeah. very good movie. Really, really yeah. enjoyed it. Really point. enjoyed it. I think it's probably, and I've seen most of the Eastwood stuff at this point, um, and this is probably up there with with some of my favourites. I think I really really enjoyed this one. It's only got a six point six though. Yeah, well, apparently it, apparently it flopped at the box office. It didn't make it didn't make any money at the box office. No one saw it, but it's very good. I really liked it. Mm. Really liked it. Um, I couldn't say as much for the Presidio, which I watched. Uh, this has got Sean Connery, and I want to say his name's Mark Harmon. I think he did um, – uh, he was in one of those – I think he was in one of those crime shows. Mark Mark Harmon. Was he in like Law and he Order was, or in, like no, – no, he was in um, – oh, what the hell was it? Wasn't it like a one of the um, medical dramas Maybe. or something? No, I don't know. I think it was like a CSI or a Law and Order or some shit. So NCIS. Oh, NCIS. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, there you go. So he's in it. Uh, Meg Ryan's in it too. She was the best bit of the film, and she wasn't in very long. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was okay. Just a standard sort of cop buddy cop drama sort of thing, where Sean Connery plays like a drunk sergeant, and uh, Mark Harmon is like the well, detective sort of thing, and they sort of try and bring down this crime syndicate. Whatever. I don't know. I was in and out of it. It's it's rating, <laughs> it's ratings right on the edge of being shot. Yeah, right. yeah, six. Uh, this is one I just bought recently. This part of the budget, you get one for each JB. I paid like nine dollars for it. it. Was like I've always wanted to see it. I get it. It was okay. No, it's I, one of those. I agree with that. I, I was never, I was never a big fan of that film. Yeah. Um, and that brings us to the end of like my catalog stuff. We watched what about that. Uh, this is Guarding Henry. Yeah, I talked about that. It's a Harrison you? Ford one. I must have zoned out. You must have. I talked about it before. Imprint. The, it was oh yeah, 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 yeah. Imprint, yeah, yeah. No, and he, he yeah, sorry. He like had to learn how to yep. be good again. Yep. Well, to be. Yep. To move, to be a good man. <clears throat> um, the Fifth Estate we watched, this is kind of, oh, Jesus. This is that one about the WikiLeaks. 
Yeah. There's a more recent one, but I'm saying probably like 10 years old now by this point, 2013. Uh, 2013, yeah. Oh, this was boring. It was boring as batshit. So boring. Yeah. We sat, we stood out there for ages, just kind of decide what we're going to watch. And we thought, oh, we'll try and something fun, maybe like a bit of a thriller or something. And we're like, Fifth Estate's been sitting here long enough. We'll watch this. Fucking bad decision. Yeah. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch plays uh, Julian Assange. And uh, Daniel Brühl is like the guy that sort of gets swept up in the WikiLeaks thing. Um, a huge cast. There's like a, he- a heap of other people in it too. Um, but it was so boring yeah. and annoying. The music is annoying. The camera is like really annoying. Just everything. It's one of those like cool, like trying to be like cool, cool hacker, movie, hacker yeah. movie, like those cool like hacker sequences. Oh, I'm going to hack in the mainframe. Yeah. And then there's like all this like text and shit, like the Matrix and fuck, it was boring as hell. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, you fell asleep. I probably fell asleep a bit. So anyway, I went out and I was like, I'm, I'm going to buy some new movies. I don't usually buy movies like full price straight away as soon as they come out. Um, we usually wait for the sales because it's always like two months after a film comes out on Blu-ray, you'll get it for like a third of the price. Exactly right. So I, we very rarely do that. But JB is doing buy two, get one free at the moment. And they released a couple of movies that I've been wanting to see for ages. I picked up Promising Young Woman, which I've been dying to see. The Dry, which I've been dying to see as well. And then I paired them up with um, Shadow in the Cloud, which apparently absolute trash, but I can't wait to see it. So I was like, fuck it. I've been waiting to see Promising Young Woman in particular for so long and everyone's been going about how fucking good it is and everything. And I was actually going to go to the see it at the cinemas. Didn't happen. Didn't have the time. I was like, fuck it. I'm just buying it. And we've got a couple of newer movies we can watch for a change. Um, I discovered actually after I went and bought them, you, I could have hired them for like $5 on Foxtel. <laughs> <laughs> so I could, have, I could have hired them and then bought them in a few months. So I probably wouldn't have been out of, I probably would have been out of pocket about the same amount anyway. I pay about 20 bucks for them, I think, which is fine. And yeah. I don't mind because The Dry is an Australian film and it's doing, yeah. it did very well at the box office. I was like, looking forward I'm, to that one. I was like, yeah, we might maybe watch that tonight, I think. Yeah, maybe. Um, and I was thinking, fuck, I don't mind giving a bit of money to, you know, a production like that. It depends, like depends on what time we get to see Falcon Winter Soldier. Oh, Soul yeah, then. fucking hell. Forget about that all the time. watch that first tonight. Yeah, that's tonight. Last episode tonight. Ooh, nice. By the time you're listening to this, because we record on a Friday, would have been out. It was awesome. That. It was wasn't, I'm sure it was, it was awesome. awesome. I'm sure it was. <laughs> anyway, so we watched, out of that pile, we watched Promising Young Woman. What did you think about this one? Oh, I loved it. So how good was yeah, it? Yeah, I really loved Fucking it. Fucking amazing. Yeah. So completely different to what I thought it was going to be about. And I didn't fall asleep. You didn't fall asleep, no. That's a good indicator. It kept you, I, just, I was watching, I was like, geez, you stayed awake. Yeah. I, I have avoided everything for this movie. I fucking love Carrie Mulligan. She's fantastic. She is you know. one of my favourites. And she I good? think she has, I'm sorry, Natalie Portman, but I think she's overtaken Natalie Portman for my favourite actress. Yeah, she is fucking amazing in this. in this. And, of course, she was in The Great Gatsby, and I loved her in The Great Gatsby and a multitude of other things we've watched. But holy shit, she, she was so good. And if she doesn't win the Oscar tomorrow on Monday, I'm going to fucking riot. I'm going to knock everything over on this and pour this. Probably won't do that. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll be very too expensive for that. Yeah, it is. She's been nominated, though, um, and... Man, it was so good. Yeah, really um, enjoyed it. Really loved yeah, it. I, I avoided everything because I just know every now and then there comes a film where I'm like, I'm going to really fucking love this film. Uh, and I knew this was going to be just just by the 
I don't think I even watched a trailer for it. Mm. I saw photos and I saw maybe little clips and stuff. I was like, I'm going to love this film. And she is amazing. But it wasn't just her performance. Like, I, thought it was, I thought it was thing. beautifully shot. That's what I, Incredibly scripted. I think that's what got me the, from... The twist, at, the twist at the oh, end man. was incredibly well yeah. set up. And you didn't yeah. really... It wasn't really until the end no, you saw you it. Saw, you thought, everything oh, clicked. shit, hang on. I won't even, we won't even say it no. because you have to see it. And I'm so glad I avoided everything from this film. Because yeah. there were people... Apparently, there was heaps of people tweeting about it and shit. And I, I somehow managed to avoid it all. Uh, but... The cinematography, the colours that they use, it's and it's just like the pastels, gorgeous, absolutely and just gorgeous, beautifully styled, and everything. yeah, and everyone in it's fantastic. The whole cast yeah. is really great, um, and I just knew, I just knew by the look of it, you just kind of know by the look and the feel of a film. I'm thinking, I'm going to really enjoy this, and that's why I was like, I have to go out and get this as soon as I can. Fucking loved it, so good, so good. Mm. Um, yeah, she's terrific. The whole cast terrific. Just everything. The as you said, the writing. Yeah. Um, but Emerald Fennel, who's an actress, she was like in the Crown. She played Camilla Parker Bowles in the Crown, didn't she? Uh, was it Camilla or she played? No, she. Yeah. She played I Camilla in the Crown. Did she? Yeah. Let's have a look. She's an actress. This, I think, this is the. F- I, I I could be wrong, but I think it's the first thing she's written, directed, maybe. Um, but yeah, she's in the Crown. There you go, Camilla. Hey, Camilla, yeah, she was. Shit. Yeah, she's done a bunch of other stuff as well, but she oh, just uh, the writing, the directing on it, amazing, so good. But yeah, that end, oh, the end of it where it just all clicks. But yeah. I, I thought it was like I knew it was like about this woman who's going to try to going around to um, set things straight. Yeah, and I thought I, I guess that's probably the marketing was probably misleading you to believe that she's going to go around just fucking murdering people and yeah, whatever. Exactly. I don't want to say too much more, but no. anyway, it was just completely different to what I expected. Yeah. So good. It this was is awesome. my favourite movie for a long time. Awesome. So I'm glad you... Probably the best one we've seen this year. Oh, yeah. For sure. I would think. Well, pretty close to it. So uh, I'm glad. I, I'm happy that I paid like almost full price for that. Yeah. I think it was worth it. It was. It certainly was. Um. So anyway... That's that. We watched that finally. Um, I've been, I've been, I've still been watching my DC films. I watched Superman Red Sun, which is like an Elseworlds tale about what if he landed in Soviet Russia and became like a dictator. That was very good. Um, and then because I watched the Batman Elseworlds one, Gotham by Gaslight. I can't remember if I mentioned that in the podcast, but that was the one where it was set in like a Victorian era Gotham. Oh, really? Okay. <clears throat> so what if Batman yeah. was like around going after Jack the Ripper? Yeah. So they were both That's very right. good. And then I watched two Justice League ones. I've started because most of the films, like fucking 35 films, whatever it is, most of them are like individual stories. They don't have um, any continuity, but there's like a big slab of them that do. There's like 15 of them. So I've started watching the ones that have the continuity. So I've watched Justice League, Flashpoint Paradox, and Justice League War, both of which were very good. I enjoyed both of them. So I'm into that like new what's it called the new fifty two, which is like the new era versions of the characters. So anyway, got into them. Yeah, no, you were watching the other, the other night it was just annoying the crap out of me. I was falling in and out of sleep. Oh yeah, that was Batman the Animated Series. Oh. I was watching a couple of episodes of Batman the Animated Series. And the, the, I just I just thought that the, the the music didn't fit the didn't fit the action that was going yeah, on. Yeah, but it was about the Joker and the Joker had like Taken over all these like people Maybe I and they were awake for the whole yeah thing probably because they were clowns they were like all clowns he's fighting these clowns so it was like circusy music mm. yeah but you got annoyed and you went to bed yep <laughs> Batman the animated series so I started watching that as well sort of because some nights it's too late to put one of these movies on so I'm like oh, I'll put on a couple of episodes of Batman the animated series so anyway 
Uh, that's a good segue into television we've been watching. We can finally talk about Big Shot. Oh. Uh, Disney Plus, they've played, well, by the time this podcast goes out, there's two episodes. We've seen the first three, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, fucking so good. Yeah, the John good. Stamos one where he plays the, um, he's an ex, um, N- N- ex-pro- N- NCAA. N- what is it NCAA? The, the basketball. Uh, yeah, I think it was. It wasn't NBL. It was NCAA. NCAA. Sure. He's like a coach, coach. Of, of a team and then he cracks the shits and throws a chair at a ref and then he basically gets a penalty. He's penalised. Oh, he gets kicked out. Oh, he gets kicked out. But they're like, you might be able to come back if you go and prove yourself. They send him to like this posh pub, a private school where he has to teach a, a, private, a, girl a private girl school where he's got to teach a, a girl's um, basketball team, essentially. And he's the, his struggles with... Trying to apply his methodology of like a, a NCAA level men's basketball yep. team on this on this young group of girls, and he ends up butting heads with them. And so good, really good yeah, show. It is good. It is and good. I've told a few people about. It. I'm like, you got to watch this show because it's so good. And they went and watched it. They're like, fucking hell, it was really good. Yeah. Uh, but I've heard nothing but good Very things enjoyable. about it. Yeah. I think this could be like like another. It's not quite like Friday Night Lights level, but I think it could be like another one of those long-lasting sort of um, sports dramas. Very good. Yeah. All the performers in it are great. All the all the um, all the female a- actors in it are really really good. Mm. Um, and he's terrific, of course. John Stamos. Um, he's offside. What's his offside? Um, guy with the beard. Oh, can't think of his name. Can't he's, fa- he's fantastic. Yeah. Very so dr- very dry. Mm. Very yeah. So it's. Um, Yes, great. Really enjoying that, and that's going at the moment. Um, we have oh, we watched a few more episodes of The Mighty Ducks. Still really good. We're still waiting on like the last three episodes of that. Um, we finished the second season of Dickinson. Yeah, yeah, great show. It was good. I didn't think it was as good as the first season. It was. It was different. Yeah, there was, there was something different, different about it. Was. Yeah, I don't know. But but I just love that blend. I love that blend of that old, you know, eighteen fifties. Yeah, scenery and um, what do you call it? Society. Yeah, the way they, mm. you know, woman's got to be a housewife yeah, and yeah, have yeah. children and all those sorts of things and uh, modern modern day language. Yeah, so how they kind of flip it. Yeah, it's like. Um, yeah, Calling so, each other bro and yeah, yeah, it's like a, a, anachronistic, like I said a yeah. few weeks ago. So you've yeah. got like modern music and modern, yeah, like the guys like, oh, we're having a bro hang. Yeah, that's it's right. Like oh, I'm just bro hanging out, <laughs> and then he came and he said something else. He called people dude, like hey dude, um, and whatever else, and then her the language she uses and stuff. It's all very modern, but obviously it takes that idea of like yeah, the female has to be the housewife. The female is not allowed to be published in. In literature, yeah. you're not allowed to be female, and they kind of flip that idea of like it's very like I guess it's got like that feminist kind of ideology, yeah. That, um, but it applies it to like the 1800s, but it's not incredibly on your nose, on the nose. It turns up with like a really nice, right kind of heart and humor about it. I just, I, I love it. It's such a good show. Um, it's, one of the, it's one of the, it's one of the best ones I've seen in a long time. Yeah. This on Apple TV. I Plus. absolutely loved the first season. Yeah, this one's not quite as no, good as the first quite season, as good. but it's, but you know, it's sort of, it's got a slightly different feel than the first yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, something something was a bit off about it, but yeah, that was yeah. I mean, how crazy is that? Like females weren't allowed to, yeah, it's like frowned upon. Mary Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein, going on a tangent, but she originally published the book under her husband's name. Oh, really? So for many many years, probably like hundred years or something, it was under his name. 
There was a there was a fairly modern, a fairly modern prolific. I don't forget who it was. Mm. She was a prolific oh, yeah. writer who wrote under a male name. Did we watch a film about that? I, can't I feel remember. like we watched a movie about it. But she, but she would, she would, um, yeah, she would um, write under a, a non diplume yeah. as a male. Yeah, I feel like we watched a film about that. I'm not sure. Mm. But anyway, so that was great. Now we all on Apple TV Plus. And I'm sorry, I'm not yeah. Dickinson. I just love Jane Krakowski on that. Oh, she's very good, isn't she? She is fantastic on she's that. She's very good. Yeah, love it. Mm. Sorry. Go Talking on. about Apple TV Plus. Now be careful what you say here because <clears throat> we're half embargoed this on what one? we're allowed to say, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Mythic Quest. Mm. I'd never, I'd heard of it. I'd seen it on there. I thought this is some fantasy thing. Not that interested. Apple sent me an email kind of out of the blue. They're like, have you watched Mythic Quest? I might be able to get, we might be able to get you an interview with the cast. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I was like, I, was, I said, oh, I said, to be completely honest, I've not watched it, but I will watch it and I'll do the interview. And she's like, oh, yeah, great. Really good show. It's from the creators of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which we've never watched. No, that's right. Um, but that was like, oh, it's a comedy. So, okay, interesting. It's basically a comedy about these group of people who are making a video game, like an open world sort of, like a Warcraft sort of yeah. thing. Um, fantasy game called Mythic Quest. It's got Rob, uh, Rob McElhenney in it, who is in um, Always Sunny. Yep. Got a couple of the other actors from Always Sunny. It's written by the same people, whatever. Um, and then it's got at the head of it, it's sort of alongside McElhenney, is um, an Australian actress by the name of Charlotte Nickdow. Um, and then it's also got F. Murray Abraham in it. Oh, isn't he brilliant? How fucking good is he? <laughs> he is brilliant. so he is good. Um, and he plays kind of like the fantasy writer who's been hired to write the lore and the mythology of this world. And man, this show absolutely fucking rocks. Yeah. We smashed through season one in like two days. Well, because I kind of felt like I had to because the because the interview yeah, was yeah, coming yeah. up. And then, anyway, it kind of got delayed a little bit. Uh, they sent me the second season. Um, I think I'm allowed to say I've seen it. Yeah, I'm allowed to, I think I'm allowed to say I've seen it because by the time this goes out, by the time this goes out on Monday, I think the embargo lifts. But because this okay. is going out to uh, early yep. to patrons, I'm not allowed to say what we Talk thought about, about the it. second season. Yep. But we have seen the full season. Um, but particularly talking about the first season anyway, such a fucking good show. Yeah, it was brilliant. Such a good show. Yeah. Um, yeah, loved it. Like, check it out. I feel like it's one of those ones that's probably gone under the radar a little bit and, like, the hit rate of Apple TV Plus is incredible. Yeah, it's not been a bad one, really. Not, not a bad one so far that we've come across. We're a bit choosy in what we watch. but Yeah, but there's not a lot on there to begin with either. Yeah, so, that's right. Um, but what we have seen on there is amazing. Ted Lasso. Um, I can't uh, wait for the second season. season, Yeah, a couple of months. Um, What was the other one we watched? Trying on there. Um, Another season next month. Yeah, another season next month, I think. Awesome. Um, Yeah, so anyway, so it was really lovely to hear from Apple, and they're amazing over there. They're so good over there. And they pushed really hard for me to get this interview. Um, They tried to get me with uh, Rob McElhenney and Charlotte at first. And then that kind of fell apart because they were booked up and they were like, we can get you an interview with literally the rest of the cast. I was like, fucking sign me up for that. And then for some reason or another, that kind of fell apart. And then um, uh, the uh, uh, the lady over at Apple got back to me again, called me up and was like, I've really pushed. I can, I can get you an interview with Charlotte. 
next week. I was like, yeah. fuck, awesome. yes. She's like, because she's Australian. I think they really wanted to push it because she's an Australian yeah, actress yeah. and they wanted like that Australian representation for it. They pushed me to get like a TV interview slot. It was crazy stuff. They just went above and beyond. And like I said before, it was like they said, can you do 6.30 a.m.? I was like, absolutely. And she got back to me. She's like, I've been able to get you a 9.30 slot. Awesome. So they are amazing over at Apple. They're incredible and they organise this. Um, and again, because we kind of embargoed on that one a little bit and the show doesn't start for a couple of weeks, I'll play my interview with Charlotte um, on next week's podcast. Right. And yep. the video will go up and all that kind of stuff as well. She's lovely. Yeah. She is lovely as well. So it was. Re- I got about six minutes with her. Uh, she was lovely to speak to. I spoke to her a bit about the uh, the second season and all that. But, yeah, get on Mythic Quest. Check out the first season before the second season drops in a couple of weeks. I think it's like 11 episodes, the nine-episode season, and then two special episodes yeah. that are in between. You won't be disappointed. No way. Really good. I really, loved it. Really loved it so it. much. Really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, so that's next The week. first season anyway. Yeah. Yeah, the first season. You love the first season and the two specials, which are now available as well. You love yep. them too. Second season, I can't say. I can't say just yet. Hey, guess what? Oh, oh no, I did it too early. Okay, ready? Uh, fucking try again. Try again. Ready? Got it. Yeah, Deadwood update. Okay, guys. It's been two weeks. Just for you, Sam, we've done two episodes. Two episodes. We did. Since last time. Well, last week we missed one because I had... Why did we miss one last week? Did we forget or were we busy or something happened? Oh, there was some reason. I can't remember. I think there was some reason where on Tuesday night it just didn't happen. Yeah. Because we've decided, again. Tuesday nights. Deadwood night. Tuesday nights, Deadwood night. Of course, if you're new listener to the podcast, um, we've been trying to get through Deadwood for years, years and years. Since it stopped and started, out, stopped and started. So we're finally getting through it. And we finally, after like a like four-month gap of not watching any shows, we're back into it. Um, so this we started week, it three times. Yeah, we started three times, yeah, and we're finally just, getting oh. there. Finally getting there. Um, we watched okay because we missed one last week. We watched two this week to make that's that right. Through. So we did like Tuesday night and Wednesday night. We watched a Deadwood each night. Still fucking boring, man. It look I'm I'm enjoying it, mm. but you're right, it's boring. Mm. Um, because the, it's just the same story. It's line. the same thing over and over again. Yeah, it's like nothing happens. Yeah. And Nothing, when something, ha- and when something does happen, it happened last season. Well, there was that, at the end of the one we watch now, there's like a big fight, big brawl and shit, and they brought out the guns. I was like, fucking yeah, we're getting into it. And then the next episode, it'll be back to normal. It'll just yeah, exactly be like, right. Something happens in like, shit, I can't wait to see what happens next. And it's almost like they don't acknowledge it. Yeah. So we're in season three now. We're finally in the last it season. Like, it was like that, that, that episode back in, I think, season two where um, Sheriff... Um, Bullock. Bullock. When yeah. Bullock beat the shit out of... Um, yeah, that's right. Beat, out, um, beat the crap out of uh, Swearingen. Swearingen. Yeah, threw and, him over the thing. And, and then and the next next episode was back to normal. Yeah, it was like, oh, it didn't happen. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, crazy. I mean, this show just, oh my gosh. But the last one was okay. Like, they've, they've been okay. They've been, like, you can watch them. But it is still just such a boring program. Yeah, something happened that'd be better. Yeah. I can see why they killed it after the third season. Yeah, for now. sure. Well, we've watched... We got three episodes of season three out the way now. Yep. Uh, so that means so what seven nine more, left? nine more nine. Was it twelve? Is it? I, well, maybe I don't know. No, you might be right. I think you're right. Yeah. So there's a few left, and then we got the movie as well. And we we'll be done with this in a couple of months. Thank the Lord, we'll be done with Deadwood. Then we've got to think about what we start after that. Oh, yeah, I know. Well, there's that um, other one that uh, Tim Timothy uh, Oliphant did, yeah, um, um, Justified. Justified. Yeah. I think we did the same thing where we started. We started it, that. We watched two we, or three episodes, and then we and started then it again. Off it. 
But it wasn't because we didn't like it. I think we just one of those things. And yeah. then you bought all the seasons and you're like, we'll watch it eventually. Yeah. So maybe that's the next thing. Hopefully that's better. Anyway. Has anybody, has any, uh, has anybody uh, seen it? Yeah, right in about know. Justified. Let us know what it's like. That went for like six seasons. Something like that, yeah. I'm trying to look. So hopefully that's better. It didn't get the axe early on. Um, Gary Leiderman, who's been a very, very long time uh, viewer, follower, listener, he sent in an article from Looper. He's like, check this out. He's like, they've called season two of Deadwood a near perfect action TV show. <laughs> they put Deadwood season two on this list of like the top ten near perfect TV shows, God, and they called it watching they, the same thing we were. They watching? called season two a tenth season of a great show at its peak. Well, it dropped off pretty fucking quick. <laughs> didn't it? If that's the peak, we're fucked My for the rest. God, Lord Almighty. Anyway, Leiderman, I wouldn't have thought that from him. I know. No, no, Gary didn't say that. Gary shared a link. Oh, sorry. Gary shared a link to a Looper article. Ah, right. And he said, check this out, guys. Look what they've said. My God. Yeah, so there you go. That is all the stuff we've been watching. Other than Mortal Kombat. That's out now here in Australia. Yeah. And it's just about to open in the States today, actually. So... By the time this goes out, the movie's out worldwide. It opened in Asia a couple of weeks ago, I believe, and parts of Eastern Europe, I think, as well. So it's kind of out globally now. So when's it released now. here? Oh, it's out already. Oh, okay. came out on Wednesday. Oh, right. Because uh, they do the early release on the uh, week of Anzac, Anzac Day. Oh, right. Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do the Wednesday instead of the Thursday release. Uh, yeah, we enjoyed it. It was what you expect from it. Well, yeah, I did anyway. Yeah. A brutal action, R-rated action, yeah. um, like comic book action. Um, violence and gore and pretty much that's about it. There's not a lot. There's a story there, but there's not much character no, development. Not really a film in my wheelhouse, but no, but me I, did, I didn't mind. But it, it was it was fun. It was fun to watch. Just a dumb turn your brain off. We watched that on Friday night. Yeah. Um, I had a I had a screener of that which I watched last Friday night because the wonderful people of Warner Brothers who are also a really really wonderful team of PR uh, people over there. They are terrific as well. Um, and they organised an interview for me with two of the star, two of the stars of the film that they did Aussie uh, Aussie star both Aussie stars Josh Lawson who was someone I have loved for so long uh, he's, he's terrific loving, loving. Um, does some great comedy yep. does really great dramatic stuff as well he's just great he's I didn't realise questions for Ben I think yeah any question yeah. for Ben that was really good we yeah. watched that recently. Um, whenever he was on Thank God You're Here, I was just like, yeah, oh, yeah. Josh Lawson's yeah, on, man. Because yeah. he's like got a um, uh, a background in, uh, what do you call it? Improv. Uh, improv. Yeah. I think he studied, like did the NIDA improv thing or whatever it was. What was that one he did with, um, um, oh, God. God, he used to live up, up in, um, he used to be on Rove, Rove's. Oh. What was that one? Peter, not Peter yeah, Hellier. Hellier. With Peter oh, Hellier, I can't remember. Mm, that was a good film. But anyway, he's done lots of great shit, and uh, yeah. So Josh Lawson uh, got to speak with him. He plays Kano, the Australian. Kano, so he's actually Kano. playing an Aussie character because Kano is an Aussie character in the games. Um, and I also spoke to Cece Stringer, who uh, really has done not a lot else. She's done like two other films, two very small things. She is amazing. She is a real delight. She's absolutely just blazing up on social media at the moment and people are just really fawning over her because she's just 
she's just terrific. Like she just got really fantastic personality, so much fun. And the pairing of her and Josh Lawson is just uh, an absolute blast. And I'm going to play the interview in full because I think the interview did. Oh, I, good, I, I think this. the interview did quite well. Um, well, anyway, I, th- I feel like I, I, I think I feel like I did quite. This is probably I feel like the more of these I'm doing, obviously, the more confident you get with doing them. And I feel like this is probably one of the ones that I, I think I, I, did, I did best with. Anyway, so I'm going to play the full thing. If you want to check the video out, that's on YouTube as well. If you're watching the YouTube video, it's been repurposed, repackaged as part of this podcast anyway. Um, but you can go and check out that individual um, uh, interview video if you want. Um, let's check it out. Let's check out the interview. This is, again, Josh Lawson, who plays Kano, and CC Stringer, who I should have said plays Melina. Let's do it. Where you hello, going, hello. Hey, guys. How are you going? Good. Ooh. Amazing. Fantastic. Uh, firstly, congratulations to both of you on the film. It is absolutely fantastic. I'm not a huge video game player myself, but I had an absolute blast in this one, uh, and you're, mm. both, uh, you're both absolutely terrific in it. Thanks, mate. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, how is it for both of you to be involved in such a huge production like this? Um, is there, like, a sense of pressure going into a project that's based on a franchise that has, I guess, such a pre-existing lore and such a huge fan base yeah. behind it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yes, the pressure comes, you mm. know, you do your research and because like you, I wasn't a huge game. I'd played the games before, but I wasn't, you know, super into them. And, you know, you get the part or you get the audition and you start doing the research and you realise how bottomless that pit is. There's so much to consume culture the fans all of this kind of stuff um so yeah there was a bit of pressure but i dealt with it through communicating with the fans actually that really helped me and yourself josh um what was the question <laughs> pressure did you feel, oh, the, I pressure? feel the pressure being I'm in sorry. such a huge franchise. Mate, it's franchise. been a long day. Forgive me. You're Carrying right, Carrying such a huge franchise <laughs> on so your back. You're right. I saw you on the morning shows this morning, so I know you, you're having a bit of a whirlwind this morning. That's fine. No, no. Look, yeah, you do. Of course you feel the pressure. But, you know, I feel the pressure. I, I mean, I'm a ball of nerves at the best of times, so I feel the pressure just going down to buying, uh, you know, eggs from Woolies, mate. <laughs> um, so this is, this is fine. You know, you, you basically do as much work as you can, and then when you're on set and they roll camera, you know, just have fun with it. You just got to throw it just all away. And uh, do your best, yeah. Just have fun with it. The film was, of course, filmed here in Australia. Um, There's been a huge, like, really fantastic boom in our industry uh, over the last, I guess, 12 months or so. Oh, huge. What is it like to turn up to work for such a huge production like this, essentially on our own back door? Is Is it surreal or...? Well, this was my first big movie set, but it was actually really cool because so many of the crew were locals. So yeah. it felt really cool. Yeah, but look, the truth is, no matter the budget, and this is certainly a big one, um, you know, when you're making a film, the problems are all the same, mm. really. You know, you're just trying to tell a story. You've got to, you know, get it all happening before the, the, we lose light, and you've got a certain amount of time to do it. In a way, it's, it's kind of no different to any other film or TV project. It's just sort of the toys are a bit more expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. You, you, you play Kano, Josh, uh, who is a uniquely Australian character in the games oh. itself. Um, a lot of what you do in your performance is very authentically Aussie. How much influence did you kind of have on this aspect of the character? Um, was there a, a bit of improv? Was there, um, you know, consultation involved? Or was this very much on the, on the page to begin with? 
No, well, so it was written by an American, Greg Russo, and uh, uh, so you know, there's only so much uh, an American who I believe has ne- who has never come to Australia before. Mm. You know, it's gonna be hard to put that stuff on the page. So it was. Uh, I-, I considered it a um, more of a guide. Yeah, <laughs> the <than>, uh, <laughs> prescriptive. So I was, uh, I certainly had free range to um, to add stuff, and you know, Simon had pulled back, and oh, we'd yeah. always get a scripted one, and then we'd be able to go off piste. Uh, it was but, very fun witnessing that oh, on I, set as I well. I could imagine it's that they are some of my favourite moments in the film. I, I got to say, you um, said some real bad words. Oh, they wouldn't ab- say in America. Certainly earned its R rating. Um, yeah, so, yeah. CC, oh, yeah. um, you get to play uh, Melina, who's a more otherworldly character, like a mutant. Mm. Assassin, uh, one of the level bosses in many of the games. What's it like for you to tackle such a complex uh, and iconic character, particularly so early in, in your career? Yeah, well, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. Like, she is such an iconic character. And one thing I love about her the most is she kind of has this sort of niche cult following. Like, and the Molina fans are probably more aggressive than any other of the fan bases of the <laughs> right, um yeah. of the of the game um which i love and which actually like fueled me they gave me so much information on like the backstory and her sort of emotional life and please bring her to life please let her be 3d please you know don't let her just die and be a caricature so that was really um that was really fantastic and yeah, I don't know. I'm just lucky. What a fantastic role to be involved in early in my career. Absolutely. Uh, once again, guys, you're both Ow. terrific in the film. Uh, the film is fantastic. All the best with it. Thank you for your time. I've really appreciated it. Take it easy. Thank Thanks you so much. Ciao. All right, there you go. It was good. Yeah. Sound like I enjoyed uh, that. Pretty chilled and relaxed. Yeah, thing. well, I felt, I, it was good. It was like really, really relaxed. Mm. Obviously, a couple of Aussies, that's what we like. Mm. I felt like it's a bit less formal than some of the other ones I've done. Yeah, well, well, yeah, exactly right. I mean, the one you did with like Gal Gadot and yeah. a few of the others are really quite formal and yeah. are really structured. But mm. that was, uh, yeah, he looks good. completely naked. He oh looks yeah, totally well, he was out going of all it. day. He was going all day because yeah. I saw him on like the Channel Nine morning show, and then I saw them both together on the Channel Ten one, like an hour later. Yeah. And then they were doing uh, they were doing this all day sort of between um, in person and Zoom interviews and back and forth and all this kind of so they were probably just going around all day just like uh. yeah. um, and I believe he did a lot of no maybe he didn't do I don't know if he did many solo interviews I know I, I know CC did a few solo ones as well mm. um, and then they did them together and then just so uh, what else has CC done. Not not much. There's like two credits to her name. Really? I think she's done like a remake of like Children of the Corn or something Does like that. Does she do TV or anything like that? No, it's or? like two. Like if you look her up on IMDb, there's literally two credits to her name. How do you spell her name? CC. S-I-S-I. There you go. CC. Stringer. There she is right there. Um, I think she's done, yeah, Children of the Corn um, and then something called Bloody Hell. Some yeah. like independent horror three, film. That's it. Three credits to an And then she's got a credit as a um, assistant director on some other like short film or something. Mm. Crazy. Wow. So yeah, she's she's gonna blow up. Yeah. I can I can guarantee yeah. it. She's gonna explode. No, she was good. Um. So yeah. So I enjoyed that. I had a lot of fun with that one. 
Um, and as I said, I also spoke to Charlotte Nickdow from uh, Mythic Quest. Yep. Season 2 is coming. Oh, I should, firstly, I should say Mortal Kombat in cinemas now mm-hmm. globally and on HBO Max in the US. Yep. Um, uh, so I also spoke to Charlotte Nickdow from Mythic Quest, which is coming to Apple TV Plus in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'll play my interview with her next week. And we'll be able to talk about season awesome. two. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Hey, you want to play another round of shite or? All right, all right, all right. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's do it. Gonna do it. I got a new sound effect for all right, all right, all right this week. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, it was better. I love him. I thought it was better from the last week. All right, so let's do this. Uh, I'm trying to think who went first last week. I think you went first last week. So let me go. Uh, of course, okay. for those if you're a new listener, this is our brand new segment, which is going well. People l- seem to be loving it at the moment. Essentially what we do is we key in a random IMDb title. We've done this off-camera catalog, because catalog number. catalog number. So every IMDb, um, every movie that's on IMDb obviously has a, its own specific URL and each of them have their own catalog numbers. Um, and each catalog number is like a seven-letter number. It's just random. It starts zero and then blah, 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 whatever. So we just keen like a random one. We do it off camera because sometimes a lot of really weird shit comes up that doesn't have a rating or it's like yeah. a, like a, just a just you know just nondescript sort of TV episode yeah. or some shit like that. So each of us has pre-selected two. We pre-selected two. Um, but he doesn't know what I've selected and, and I don't know what he's selected. Okay, and basically the, the fun thing about this is that there's so much on IMDb, the chances are you're going to pull up something that's really obscure, just really obscure. Yeah. But what we have to do, right, we have to decide, I will say, so for example, I will read you the synopsis of the film. I'm not allowed to give character names. I'm yep. not allowed to give actors. I'm not allowed to give the title or the year or whatever. And I can have one hint, can't I? You can have one hint because we do two rounds. And you can have one assist, and the assist is that I can tell you the like the top three actors that are in the film right. to kind of aid you. Yep. And we have to decide based solely on the synopsis and maybe the three actors whether the movie is shite or all right, all right, all right. Now the determiner is yeah. um, how we select movies at JB. Uh-huh. We'll we'll if, if it's a film we don't know, yep. we'll look up IMDb, and if mm-hmm. it's got a rating below six. Yep. We'll think twice about it. If it's above six, we'll go, yep, we'll get it. Yeah. So if the title that we pull up has anywhere between zero and 5.9 stars, it is shite. And if it is between six and ten, it is. All right, all right, all right. Okay. So let's do it then. Yep. All right. It's going to be fun. Okay. So I've got two up. Let's go with the first one. Okay. Oh, I've got to click this. Okay. Unable to cope with a series of raids on stagecoaches hauling gold to the US, Mint Sheriff Masters appeals to the US Marshal's office for help. The Marshal assigns his best man to the job of discovering the hiding place of the stolen gold and bringing the outlaws to justice. He enlists the aid of someone and her brother. Uh, she insists on taking her pack dog... The foursome then goes to the territory controlled by the Sheriff Masters. Sounds like a bit of a western, doesn't it? It does a bit, yeah. And uh, sounds like it's right in my wheelhouse, that sort of film. I'm going to say that's going to be all right. You reckon that's all right? right. Well, it's it's got everything I like. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? You know, know, I love a a good western. Yeah. And I reckon it's a western, and I 
We can all I'd enjoy that. All right, you ready? Yep. It is. Ooh. Oh, oh no. disappointing! Yeah, I know. Year of man, the year it was made. Uh, it was made in 1951. Uh, it's called Bad Man's Gold, and it stars uh, Johnny Carpenter, Alan Lockwood, and Clark Stevens. Don't really know who any of them are. Um, it's an American film, I believe. Yeah, American film is called yeah, as I said, Bad Man's Gold. Mm, rating. Oh, yeah, that's the last bit. 4.2. Oh, so really bad. We wouldn't be buying that. No way. Really oh. bad. There you go. Well, I'm a bit worried about my two because yep. I reckon you – I don't know whether you'll know them or not. Cause, right. You know, anyway. But last week I knew them both. Yeah, exactly right. That's what I'm worried about. Okay, your first one. A, mm-hmm. night, a nightclub singer mm-hmm. has nightmares about being involved in, a, in adultery and murder Ooh. only to wake up and find they may not be nightmares. Oh, shit, man. Don't think I've seen it. Sounds quite riveting again. Um, oh, sounds very interesting, actually. I am going to say that that one is probably all right because it does sound might be a bit visionary. Oh, just dropped one of my mints. Um, it could be quite visionary. It could be some cool, like, uh, like dream sequence kind of things, and then like uh, maybe almost feels like a bit film noir kind of atmosphere. Mm. Yeah, I reckon that might be all right. I think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, but it is. Oh no! It is shy. What is it? It's called Point of Terror. Oh, it was made in '93. Uh, oh, uh, it runs for 128 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's a drama horror. Ooh. Um, it stars Peter Carpenter, uh, Dwayne Thorne, oh. Laurie Hanson, Leslie Sims, Joel right. Marston. Yeah. Um, director was Alex. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, director was Alex yeah. Nickel, right. and its rating is three point oh, nine. Oh no, that's that sounds a like a bad stinker. One, that's a terrible one. That's a real stinker. That's, that one, yeah, very stinky. Righto, I got one mm. more for you. Okay, you ready? This one, are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. This one is a story about three young girls and their dreams and plans for the future. That's it. That's it. Oh, my God. A story about three young girls and their dreams and plans for the future. doesn't sound like anything I'd like. It sounds like a chick flick. Not that I don't mind a chick flick. Mm. That sounds like a really bad one. Right. Um, I'm going to say it's a stinker. You reckon it's a stinker? You ready? What could it be? Is it shite or is it? All right, all right, all right. Yes. What is it? It is called Sversnitsky. Sversnitsky. Sversnitsky, which uh, in English um, is female age mates. Uh, I guess that's kind of a rough translation. It is a film made in 1959 in the Soviet Union. And it has a 6.7. Oh, really? Yeah. It stars Lyudmila Krylova, Lydia Fedosiva Shukshina, and Margarita Kosheleva. Good to see you can pronounce uh, Russian names. There you go. (laughs) So yeah, that one is that. That one's an all right, all right, all right. There you go. All right, one more for me. Just didn't sound like it'll be anywhere near. Well, good there you that. go. There you go. Okay, your next one. Mm-hmm. Three sisters find 
Three sisters find their lives spinning out of control in the wake of their parents' sudden, unexpected divorce. Oh, interesting. Oh, plink the glass. <laughs> Sounds similar, actually. Read it again, please. Three sisters find their lives spinning out of control in the wake of their parents' sudden, unexpected divorce. Oh, it doesn't really sound like anything I'd be all that interested in, to be honest, but... I think it might be, it feels like kind of like a maybe an arty kind of thing that people will probably like. Um, I, uh, I'm going to say it's probably got an all right rating, yeah. Do you want any hints on that one? Yeah, give me a hint, why not? Who's in it? Mary Beth Hurt. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Griffith. Mm. Diane Keaton. Oh, Diane Keaton, yeah. It's probably going to be all right if it's got Diane Keaton in it. So you're saying it's all right? Yeah, I reckon. You would think it. Yeah, I but would it sounds think. like it would be okay. Yeah. But it is... All right, all right, yeah, all right. thought it would be. What is it? It is called Interiors. Oh. A film made in 1978. Mm-hmm. Uh, PG rating, uh, minute 32 run, run time. Um, director, Woody Allen. A minute 32 run time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> An hour 32 short Oh, film. it's a Woody um, Allen film, of course. It's a Woody Allen film. Because Diane Keaton did quite exactly a few films right. with him. Yeah, um, right. So, yeah, so it's got uh, Kristen Griffith, Mary, Mary Beth Hurt, Richard Jordan, Diane Keaton, E.G. Marshall. Well, there you go. Yeah, well, I haven't really watched any of Woody Allen's movies. And a few others. Maureen Stapleton and Sam Waterston. Anyway, there you go. So, yeah. That is this week's episode of Shined or All Right. All right, all right, all right. That's a bit of fun. You won that round. I did, yeah. I didn't get either of mine right. Oh, no. Got one right. Damn, there you go. We should keep a tally of who's winning. I have to go back through the uh, last few episodes. We've got a bit of news to get through. I know we're pushing it for time today, but we'll try and get through. There's a couple of kind of big things that have kind of come out this week. Um, Two weeks ago on the last podcast, we mentioned that um, Sony had cut like an enormous deal with Netflix, remember? Because Sony is like the last yep. of the major studios that doesn't have their own uh, streaming right. yeah. service. Yep. Um, so they gave Netflix an exclusive first pay window licensing deal in the US that will allow them first pay window rights to Sony Pictures titles following their theatrical and home entertainment windows. Um, as well as the ability to license the rights to select titles from Sony's library. So basically, they're given Netflix the the rights to get the movies on streaming first, essentially, yep. um, after they've left cinemas and gone to home entertainment, uh, home, home media. Um, they've also, as part of that deal, it also allowed Netflix to uh, the option to finance a number of titles for the studio's motion picture division. Uh, so Netflix can co-produce a number of Sony Pictures films. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also been, this almost feels like they've kind of gone behind Netflix's back a little bit, like having a little affair with them, because now they've gone to Disney. It's a Sony thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Sony, this is out of all the studios to pull a move like this. I yeah, don't Sony say that's the one. fucking Sony. Yeah, exactly right. Um, it's reported that Sony, well, it's not j- just been reported this, is, this has happened, Sony has cut a deal with Disney, um, not just for Disney+. Plus. We're talking... Everything fucking Disney. Really? So essentially what has happened is Disney wants as much Marvel shit as they can in their possession. Yeah, for Um, sure. So essentially Disney wants... Because they've got all the Marvel films on Disney+. Plus. Because they do. They've got Spider-Man and stuff, haven't they? Sony owns Spider-Man. 
and all of Spider-Man's entire Rhodes yeah. gallery of characters and shit. Yep. So obviously they Disney and Sony have that co-production deal, um, which is supposed to expire soon again after it's been renewed, uh, where they can make the Spider-Man films together and Disney can have Spider-Man and the Avengers crossover yep. films, yep. all that kind of shit. Um, but there's been a big gaping hole on Disney+. Plus. They have the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe on there, except for the two Spider-Man films that are part yep. of the MCU, yep. Homecoming and Far From Home. The only one missing would be um, the Hot Incredible Hulk, which is owned by Universal. Right. Um, so now, Disney. This is from a Variety article. I'll read it out, right? Disney has set a massive movie licensing pact with Sony Pictures for the US again that promises to bring Spider-Man and other Marvel properties to Disney+, Plus, starting with Sony's 2022 release slate. The wide-ranging deal, which runs through Sony's 2026 theatrical slate, also calls for Sony titles to run across Disney's array of streaming and linear platforms, making it unprecedented in scope as it covers Disney+, Hulu, FX, ABC, Disney Channels, and Freeform. It also includes a significant number of library titles that we spread among various outlets. Hulu will gain access to what Disney described as a significant number of library titles starting in June. Jeez, there you go. It's incredible. So essentially, this says it starts as of 2022. So that would mean um, probably it wouldn't include the next Spider-Man film because that is, that comes out this year, maybe, depending on whether that gets pushed again. The next Venom film comes out next year. So that could mm. be the first. But it also does mention that back catalogue. And Disney would not have cut this deal if they did not if they make get a deal it. for those other Spider-Man exactly right. films. So yeah. I can guarantee those Spider-Man films will be on there, as well as probably the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, Tobey Maguire, and probably the amazing Spider-Man films as well with <sighs> Andrew Garfield. So I imagine all of that would now go to Disney+. Plus. Who knows? That might wind up on Disney+, Plus and Netflix, depending how they've cut this cool, deal. Cool. Because in that, because when they were, we were talking about the Netflix one a couple of weeks ago, there, there was mention of like the Venom and Spider-Man. So if this is like a multi-platform multi sort of deal. Well, yeah, there you go, mm. multiverse. Um, this is currently only USA, but I can imagine that Disney will be licensing It'll it be globally. Yeah, you would think um, so. This is apparently going to cost Disney millions of dollars, millions of dollars, no figure on that. But between both deals, Disney and Netflix, Sony's expected to make $3 billion over the, over the lifespan of the deals. It is described as Sony by a groundbreaking deal, which it God. really is. How's that, huh? Yeah, Sony is sitting there. Money. Sony's sitting there thinking, "Well, we have to do something. Everyone else has got their streaming service. What are oh, we exactly going to do?" Right. But Sony, again, at the best of times, can be a little bit incompetent. So they've probably realised, "Yeah, we probably can't run our own mm. streaming service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's Maybe. just let someone else do it for either, us." Either that, <laughs> either that, or they're, they're smart enough not to run their own, yeah. and let everybody, let somebody else set up yeah. the infrastructure and everything else, and then yeah. just license it out to people. Yeah, it's not a stupid thing. No, exactly right. Now, another thing that came out yesterday or this morning, one of the PlayStation, it was like PlayStation, I, don't, I think it was one of the European PlayStation accounts, tweeted out something about Sony movies coming to PlayStation Store. So being able to buy like brand new release Sony movies through the PlayStation Store mm. and they quickly deleted the tweet. Wow. Yeah. So you could be getting these Sony films across fucking... Multiple. Multiple platforms. It's crazy. God. It's just crazy to think. 
Um, Chuck Safdler, which is the head of business operations for ABC, Freeform, FX Networks and acquisitions for Disney's media and entertainment distribution, has said, This landmark multi-year platform agnostic agreement guarantees the team at Disney Media and Entertainment Distribution a tremendous amount of flexibility and breadth of programming possibilities to leverage Sony's rich slate of award-winning action and family films across our direct-to-consumer services and linear channels. It's a win for fans who will benefit from the ability to access the very best content from two of Hollywood's most prolific studios across a multitude of viewing platforms and experiences. Uh, Because, of course, Sony owns Columbia Pictures as well. So Mm. they'll have access to just a whole breadth of shit. Um, And, of course, when you think about Disney+, Plus, you've got all the old Fox stuff on there as well now too. So it's what a behemoth of a streaming platform that is. Jeez, that's the place to be. Mm. Now here's another figure that's going to absolutely blow your mind. Um, Amazon is currently working on a Lord of the Rings series. So apparently they're going to do at least five seasons of it. Really? Yeah, it's going to be enormous. They're doing it in New Zealand. It's being produced in New Zealand. There's a huge... At like, Town or? Um, I don't know. I don't know. They haven't really said. Um, but there's like huge tax breaks with the New Zealand government and all this kind of shit. Mm. Um, the Hollywood, oh, I'm glad they're making it there. It's beautiful. Well, exactly right. Beautiful country. Well, you can't do it anywhere beautiful else. Place. You can't, especially after the movies. No, exactly right. It's, <clears throat> I can't... I don't believe... Well, I, I don't believe one, uh, Warner Brothers is part of it because they would have done it for HBO Max. I can't remember who's producing it, but um, it's they're going back to New Zealand. Obviously, they want it to be very similar to the movies and time with the films and all that kind of shit. Um, Amazon's Lord of the Rings. Now, t- t- the Hollywood Reporter has come out this week and reported that the Lord of the Rings series will cost $465 million for one Season. Oh, Jesus. This is $650 million New, Zealand New Zealand dollars, dollars, which is fairly equivalent to our dollar. That's yeah, so probably, f- probably about six twenty. dollars That's huge. When that you, is massive. When you consider your standard blockbuster film is made on like a $200, $250 million yep. budget, uh, you push it maybe three, four hundred for something huge like an Avengers Endgame, $350 million. Um any 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 idea on how many episodes a season? How long each no episode? No idea. I run? imagine it's probably going to be like eight. I imagine it'll be like eight to ten, maybe like fifty minutes an episode. Mm. You couldn't imagine it being done any other way. No. But they could be doing it like Disney with the Winter Soldier and all that shit, and just forty-five minute episodes. Who yeah, knows? Maybe. Um, but they're saying there's they have potential there for five seasons of this thing. Wow! And this is the budget for one season. God. Uh, Stuart Nash, who's the New Zealand Minister for Economic Development and Tourism, called it the largest television series ever made. God, that cost. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've broken it down. The Disney Plus series are currently produced on $200 million budgets for eight episodes. WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Mandalorian. They're all done on $200 million budgets, mm. uh, which is huge. To begin with, that's fucking huge for television. Yeah, exactly right. Because uh, in c- comparison, your average network series like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Costs 120 million a season for 20 episodes. Mm. Um, Game of Thrones, their final season only cost 90 million for six episodes. Um, and earlier seasons cost uh, close to 60 million. Good. So this $465 million budget is just exorbitant. Oh, it is insanely it's huge. A sick amount of money. Yeah. It'd be great for the, the Kiwi economy. Uh huh. Oh, for sure. There's apparently massive tax cuts and tax breaks, whatever you want to call them, uh, huge. 
Um, Hollywood Reporter also says it's a little stipulation is that this this cost almost certainly doesn't reflect just season one's production cost alone. It probably also includes the rights to the Tolkien property, which costs an estimated $250 million to Amazon. Um, and there's also considerable startup costs uh, when bringing Middle Earth to life, such as uh, the sets, the costumes and props, all of which can be reused throughout the rest of the series. So there's going to be quite a lot of um, kind of overhead costs and stuff yeah. involved in this, and then maybe the later seasons might be a little bit cheaper because, mm. yeah, again, $250 million for them to wow. acquire the rights to Lord of the Rings. It's incredible. Uh, but this series Does is... Jack Jackson <clears throat> have anything to do with it? I don't believe so. I don't think so. Yeah, I reckon his production company might... I don't know. Being because, down there. No, because if they because if Amazon has had to buy the rights, that means mm. it's probably lapsed from New Line or whoever had it earlier. Who knows? I don't know. I don't really know that much about it. I don't think Peter Jackson's involved in it. I could be wrong. But anyway, it, the series will bring to screens for the very first time the heroic legends of the fabled Second Age of Middle-earth's history. Uh, which is set two, uh, which is set thousands of years before the events of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Mm. Take viewers back to the era in which great powers were forged, kingdoms rose to glory and fell to ruin, unlikely heroes were tested. Blah 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 blah. So it's essentially like well, it's essentially like everything you see in like the opening like moments of yeah, the Lord yeah, of the Rings yeah, films yeah. and shit. Probably with Sauron and I don't know. I'm not going to pretend I'm like a Lord of the Rings aficionado. <laughs> I'm going to people in the comments like, no, you're completely wrong. There'll be no Sauron in this. He wasn't even born yet. Some shit, I don't we'll know. See. But anyway, so that's interesting. Um, talking about streaming services, HBO Max, um, not doing too well. Really? Yeah, they only added, well, we say only, but uh, they added 2.7 million domestic subscribers during the first quarter of 2021. Um this is compared to Disney, who drew in 21.2 million in that same period. Oh, God. Um, but again, Disney is global. Um, yeah, HBO Max is only in the US, US. Yeah, that's right. and Disney doesn't release broken figures. Disney doesn't. Disney just puts out what they want to put out. Yeah. So they've put out like a global, like twenty one point two million globally. But you would imagine that a vast majority of those subscribers are probably in the US. I don't know. Well, you'd think so. Yeah. Um. So anyway, HBO Max has only pulled in two point seven. Godzilla vs Kong drew the largest audience in that quarter, and that was released on the last day of the quarter. <laughs> um, CNBC, in fact, says that Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League, which was supposed to be their huge thing, oh, we thought we're going to give you the Zack Snyder cut finally, we're going to get so many, so many people are going to sub to the service, it's going to be like the huge boom for HBO Max. Um, CNBC reports that it was well-viewed by HBO Max subscribers, but fell short of the record reached by Wonder Woman 1984. Um, and Sean Robbins, the chief analyst at boxoffice.com, says, in Justice League's particular case, the modest impact on growth is hardly surprising because that part of the franchise was already past its expiration date with casual audiences. Um, DC fans tuned in and they made it a buzzy hit across social media, but it was never fair to expect a four-hour director's cut significantly moved a long-term needle mm. for a streamer. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we haven't watched it yet. No. Because we're not like diehard DC, no, EU right. shit. No. I'll see it eventually, probably, maybe, who knows. In four hours. Four mm. hours, that's the thing, isn't it? Um, 18, uh, Pas- Pascal Deroches, the CFO, 
chief financial officer at AT&T, who owns um, Warner Brothers these days. Um, he said the same-day releases of movies and theatres on HBO Max has been a success. It's provided theatres with a steady flow of content in a pandemic-challenged environment, and it's also been a great catalyst for subscriber growth at HBO Max. So you would imagine most of the subscribers at HBO Max are probably coming from those like day-and-date release things. Yeah, probably. They don't have a lot of exclusive content yet, I don't believe. So okay. I think maybe once they start rolling that, once they start going global, it might pick up. Because anything we get from HBO is really on streaming. It's all on Foxtel, on uh, Foxtel. Yeah. Oh, streaming cable. Oh, yeah, well, because yeah. it's part of Binge as well, which is Foxtel's streaming yeah. service. So it goes to Binge and, and cable, mm. Foxtel. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, so that's interesting. We'll keep a watch on that. Yeah. Um, here's something that's... They'll probably f- finish up going down the road that Sony went. Yeah, maybe. Selling them Who all knows? off. It's sad, Licensing though. It it's yeah, sad, it though, because it's Warner Brothers, and I think they're probably my favourite studio mm. as far as their output of um, of uh, content over the years. They've, well, they've they produce some my, great stuff, HBO. Yeah, yeah, HBO. But this is not just HBO. It's Warner Brothers, all their films, yeah. everything, because Warner Brothers owns HBO. Yeah. So they're just using that branding of HBO to pull mm. people in. Um, so it's been interesting. It's, uh, I don't know. I hope it goes well. I Hopefully it's just like a little, you know. Bit of a glitch. A little glitch at the beginning. Um, here's something sad about home media. Someone found this, sent it in to me. Jerry Beck is a uh, film historian, most known for um, his works on animation. He writes a lot. He owns like an animation blog. Uh, he's written numerous texts. I'm constantly citing him in my Cartoon Evolution videos. Very, very well known. He does a lot of work with the Warner Archive, um, which is their sort of secondary subsidiary home media label which releases more obscure stuff that the main uh, Warner Home Video or Warner Home Entertainment, whatever it's called, doesn't release. So a lot of those older movies, a lot of like the Hanna-Barbera series, the Looney Tunes shit, that all winds up like on the Warner Archive label. And these are all like um, print-on-demand discs. So you order them and they, they make one. They don't just have like a... You know, stockpile yeah, of stock them. them yeah. um, you can buy them through their website. You can buy them through Amazon. I'm not sure if you can actually go into a store and buy them and stuff like that. Anyway, so Jerry Bank works very closely with the Warner Archive, whether that's on classic films or some of their classic animation releases. Again, they've done uh, Looney Tunes stuff. They've done the DC animation. They've done um, uh, the Hanna-Barbera stuff. So he's very close with them. Anyway, someone found this. I don't know exactly what was asked. Someone had obviously asked him something on Facebook and he replied to them. Um, I'm assuming they asked if we're going to get more Looney Tunes Blu-rays. I think that's probably the gist I'm getting from this. Anyway, he said, as of now, there are no plans to commemorate Daffy or Tweety's anniversaries next year or ever because they just released a Bugs Bunny 80th anniversary box set thing, which I I bought. Um, The company is slowly transitioning away from physical media. (laughs) There are no in capital letters, no plans for any classic cartoons on DVD or Blu-ray that I know of, except for one project we're in the middle of, which may come out later this year or not. Anything is possible. We'll just have to wait to see. Wait and see. Uh, It's Mm. a little bit disappointing because, oh, man, now this is specifically talking about animation here. Yeah. I've been buying all their Hanna-Barbera releases. I jumped online this morning. They just released Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space, which was like the spin-off series. I... Just like, I'm buying it now before they stop selling shit. So I bought that this morning with two other Warner Archive titles. Um, two of my favourite films ever. 
um, which is uh, The Shop Around the Corner, James Stewart, Christmas film, and it happened on Fifth Avenue, which is the one where they move the homeless guy moves into yep, the yep. mansion. Pay 25 bucks for each of them, but that's what you got to pay for these yeah, exactly. ones. Sometimes you can get them around $19, $20, but I'm, I'm getting a little panicky now. Because there's been rumblings. Warner Archive, I think, was just bought out by someone else and they did like a massive fire sale and people were like panic buying and they're like, no, we're just starting a new website. But there's just a few things that have been happening that have just been a little bit odd. So I got on and I spent like 80 something dollars for these three discs this morning just because they're the ones I really mm. want. I've been watching a page like, I'm just going to get them now so I can assure them. Anyway, he continues... It includes both Warner Archive and regular Warner Home Video. Now, this goes back not just talking about animation. He's talking about the company is slowly transitioning away from physical media. Wow. It includes both Warner Archive and regular Warner Home Video. So that's the main arm and this subsidiary arm. You'll still see some new releases from both during the rest of 2021, but those were planned out last year. Next year, 2022, is when this year's changes will be felt. Yes, the Tex Avery set sold well enough for the low overhead archive collection division, but in the big picture, it's peanuts. And the oh, pardon me. <clears throat> and the focus over there is now on streaming. HBO Max. Mm. <laughs> Death of physical media. Yeah. We've been seeing it. It's kind of it's slow, been a it's been a pull. Slow, it's been a push yep, and a pull kind of thing. And um, James, uh, the patron subscriber, uh, I speak to him quite a bit on Twitter. He sent this in to me, um, and we were talking about it. And it was like, I wish we'd just have like either give us an end date, like physical media is going to just die on this date, yeah, exactly, or give us confirmation that no, we you know we're gonna we're gonna keep going with it. Don't keep giving us this fucking pull and push and pull and push because it feels like every week we get a piece of news that comes out. It's like physical media is dead like this or like last year when we heard Disney is dipping out of releasing any more back catalogue titles, particularly on 4K. Um, And then the next month you get something that's like, holy shit, Disney is releasing Speed on 4K and they're releasing Heat on 4K and they've just announced they're, they're finally releasing the Black Cauldron on Blu-ray, which we've been waiting for for 10 years. Mm. So it's like, what the hell are you doing? And then you get Warner Home Video who's like, oh, yeah, here's this back catalogue. Warner Archive has been fucking incredible for all these older films and, again, the Hanna-Barbera stuff and animation. I've been like, yes, give it all to me. I'm still waiting for Top Cat. I'm still waiting for McGilly Gorilla. I'm still waiting for Yogi Bear. Maybe, probably won't get them now. But yeah, it feels like it feels like everything's going well, and then you just get a little something like this where you just deflate it again. I just just tell us what's going on. It's crazy. Yeah, slow, slow death. Slow death. Someone messaged me. They said, "How long do you think physical media's got left?" I think it'll always be around, but I think it's, again, I think it's always going to be someone like a Criterion or an Arrow or a Eureka, like the the, yeah. the, the kind of um, the premium boutique labels, independent yeah. labels, yeah. who license stuff out from studios and releases special editions. And you'll play, pay a premium for it too. Well, probably. you already do. Yeah. That's, that's, why, I mean. that's why I spend like $300 on Criterion once a year because I get them like 50% off. And even yeah. then I'm paying like $20 a disc, yeah. $22 a disc or whatever it is. So expensive. And like I said, I just spent $25 each for a couple of old films. I think that Josie mm. and the Pussycats in outer space cost me thirty five dollars. 
Um, so they're already premium priced. So I guess Warner Archive is like the premium sort of label of Warner Brothers. So it's going to go, it'll be on, yeah, it'll go to all these um, boutique labels who license out from studios. So we can still get like catalog stuff, maybe new release stuff. Criterion released a lot of the Netflix stuff. So they've put out releases of um, The Irishman, which was the Scorsese one. They put out Marriage Story, Roma. So a lot of the Netflix stuff goes to home media via Criterion. Right, okay. Um, so I think this is going to be the, the – this will be the future of physical media. It will be collector's niche and it will be these boutique labels running the game and you're going to be paying a premium for every mm. movie you buy. Gone of the days you can go to JB Hi-Fi and pick up a film for four bucks. Baron Munchausen. <laughs> You'll be buying the Criterion edition – like I paid twenty two bucks for fucking Jabberwocky, yeah, you know. Um, yeah. So, oh, it's just crazy. And times. Then on top of that, you're gonna have to go and buy an extra bloody Blu-ray DVD player and stuff yeah. because they'll stop making stop them. Making them, yeah. Well, a couple of was it Pan, not Panasonic. It was um, um, one of them just stopped making them. Per, 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 I can't remember. It has to be Panasonic. If it's really Pioneer. Oh, have that. I believe Pioneer have stopped making Blu-ray players. Oh. I could be wrong. But I think one You're of You're a the... dying breed, Dave. Anyway, so there we go. We're like the last ones holding on to this yeah. <laughs> physical media. I'm probably, I reckon maybe 50% of the people listening to this probably don't give a shit either. No, exactly. Oh, probably, probably more than more that. More than that. But I know I've got a lot of followers and stuff who have diehard physical media as well. Mm. It's just crazy, man. It's on the way out. All these streamers are taking over. It's might, crazy. It might save me a few dollars. Yeah. And someone someone mentioned, I saw it, I think, on the post of the Jerry Beck thing. Someone commented, like, we're going to see, like, piracy shoot up again, like bootlegs, yeah, bootleg mate, discs yeah. are going to be a thing again. Yeah. You remember, like, 20 years ago, you always see, saw people would buy bootleg discs. They'd be going, or going around and shit, DVDs. Mm. You'll see people ripping stuff from the streaming services because I'm sure people will find a way to do it and oh, they'll exactly make right. bootleg Blu-rays and yeah. you'll buy the bootleg Blu-ray. I won't be doing it. We won't be doing that because we don't get well, we used to have, like, we used to have a, um, a Blu-ray player that had a recorder in it. And yeah, that's right. We could just record stuff and it, had, it was a burner as well. So that's right. Yeah, you could rip it from the disc to disc yeah. and then go and yeah, yeah weird. Crazy. But yeah, bootleg was huge like 20 years ago. Bootleg, you go to someone's house and they'd be like, oh, look at this case of bootleg discs oh, I've got. I'm not touching that. Who had, who had a... Who had, a mate, who had a mate who he'd, he'd phone up and yeah. the guy would go around and go, you know, open up the jacket. Right? Oh, yeah. And we'd be like, no, don't, just leave yeah. me out of that. Never got into bootleg and stuff. No. And never will. And if it's a way of streaming, then we're going to have to settle with that. And I don't recommend bootlegging. It's going to be horrible, but I can see that happening. There'll be like a um, surge in sort of thing. Can you move this way a bit? Why is that? I'm off frame again, yeah, am I? Oh, there we go. Yeah, well, anyway. Um, a couple of more, just a couple of little tiny bits of news to round us out here. Uh, Disney and the Jim Henson Company are developing a biopic on Jim Henson. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. I look Interesting, forward to that. yeah. So Jim Henson Company owns the life rights to Jim Henson, of course, and mm. Disney owns the rights to the Muppets. Yep. Um, so Deadline reports it's currently in development. It's a live-action film. It will chart the life and times of the legendary puppeteer, creator of the Muppets, Fraggle Rock, and many of the Sesame Street characters, as well as director of cult films such as Labyrinth and Dark Crystal. The movie will hone in on Henson's journey to convince broadcasters that the Muppets was a great idea and how he worked to get the characters on air where they uh, became a comedy staple. 
Mm. Yeah, really looking forward to that. That'd be that sounds like it'd be really good. I feel like it might be similar to sort of like Saving Mr. Banks, the one Disney did yeah, with Tom yeah, Hanks yeah, yeah. as Walt Disney yeah. sort of thing. If it's anything like that, yeah. I think that could be really good. You, you sort of I don't really know a lot about Jim Henson. No, you know, I know, I know, I know a really, little bit, yeah. but not a lot about. No, so that'd be interesting. Where he started and how yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm really keen on oh, that. Yeah. Oh. I love the Muppets. I Everyone love knows that. I love the Muppets. And I love Jim Henson. Just oh. again, one of those just great visionary, uh, just filmmakers, just mm. entertainment moguls, just you have the brain on him. Crazy. It's going to be produced by his daughter, Lisa Henson. It's written by Michael Mitnick, who wrote The Current War, which was that one we watched with the, like, the, oh, yeah, was it yeah, Edison? Yeah. Or? Edison and um, Tesla. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and uh, the, the Giver. Or yep. as you was called, The Guyver. The Guyver. The Guyver. <laughs> um, and HBO Max's Vinyl, which was a series that... We didn't watch that. No, because it went for one season and got axed. <coughs> they had Bobby Cannavale and Ray Romano. It looked That's really right. good. Yeah, yeah. And then it got axed. Yeah. yeah. That was produced by Martin Scorsese. I think he directed really? the first episode, yeah. Mick Jagger as well may have produced it as well. Mm. I could be wrong, but I think so. So anyway, um, yeah, that'll be interesting. So it's going to be at Disney and the Jim Henson Company. I don't know if this is going to go to theatres or Disney+. Plus. Sounds like something that's going to go to theatres, but it wouldn't surprise me to see it go on Disney+. Plus. But there you go. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. When when doesn't say when it's been. No idea. I imagine no. we probably won't see it for two or three years. Mm. Um, if it's been written, oh, who knows. I wonder who they'll, get to ca- who they'll cast as Jim Henson. Don't know. Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, had a left wing. Who knows? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. I'm very excited. Um, another film that's just been announced. Jeez. Rock'em Sock'em Robots, starring oh, Vin Diesel. Really? Yeah. Mattel and Universal are developing a uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie. Vin Diesel's going to start and produce. It's going to be in live action. Oh, one of those characters walk around. Oh, this all the time. It's uh, Diesel says. uh, Diesel says to take the classic Rock'em Sock'em game with Mattel as my partner and align it with the kind of world-building, franchise-making success we've had with Universal is truly exciting. The story follows a father, Diesel, and a son who form an unlikely bond with an advanced war machine. You know what it sounds like to me. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> it sounds like um, Real Steel. That one with Hugh Jackman. Well, Real Steel was good. I enjoyed that was Real good. Steel. Yeah. That was, but that was, was like him and his son, they made like a fighting robot. Yeah, that's Is right. it the same fucking uh, thing? Maybe. That's weird. But this sounds like shit, though. It does sound like this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and just for the world's worst manager? Yeah. <laughs> Hate sound effects. Um, but Mattel are going all out trying to create like a universe, like a Mattel cinematic universe. They're doing a Barbie film. Margot Robbie's going to be in that one. And they're doing a heist comedy based on you know. <laughs> it's, got, it's led by rapper Lil Yachty. Well, I have no idea who that is. Showing my age, but I have no idea who that is. Uh, but there you go. So they're going to have the you know movie, or the Uno movie, oh, Barbie film, and Rock'em oh, Sock'em Robots. Oh, t- Jeez, no, Just thank you. Just choosing some shit. Oh, Lord. Just films we don't really need. No, exactly right. Oh, well, we'll see. Fuck we'll see what they pull out with that. I'm not a huge Vin Diesel fan to begin with. I haven't liked many of the movies that he's done, like Solo. So Triple X was good. I enjoyed Triple that. X was okay. Riddick, were, they were okay. That's about all he's done, isn't it? So he's, he's okay. The, the early, the early um, Fast and Furious. Yeah, well, we haven't watched the new ones, so we can't. No, no. 
It's going to be shit anyway. But everyone loves them. It's like the biggest franchise in Hollywood at the moment. It's oh, probably because I'm, I'm a car guy, so I might enjoy it. I just think the whole premise of them just like is just so far from what the original movies were. Yeah, exactly right. But everyone loves them. We'll see. That's another one we're going to go. We're going to do. Yeah. Um, the new one's out soon, so we'll probably just have to smash out all the other ones. Which, again, we've tried multiple times, and we get to the third one and we stop. <laughs> so we've only ever watched <laughs> the first the like two or three. Just trash. Anyway, uh, let's do some subscriber questions and round out the pod today. Awesome. Hey, we got, yeah, uh, we've, cool. got a, we've got a small number here today. So <laughs> Here's Wacko Jacko, yeah, world's the world's worst, worst manager. manager. Yeah. Yep. Uh, delayed question from yeah, last week. Yeah, wrote him for last week. It's 420? Four twenty. What's four twenty? Fourth the twenty the twentieth of the fourth. Oh, 20th of but fourth. they say in America they'd say four twenty. Yeah. Yeah. So it's twentieth of April. Yeah. This week. But you have to say four twenty. Four okay. It's four twenty this yeah. week. What is the best stoner movie? Okay, so four twenty. Yeah. I didn't know this either. You obviously don't know. No, I don't know. But four twenty is like a slang term that uh, people use for marijuana. It's like a slang term oh, for marijuana. Okay. Don't know why. I I have no idea. But I, I kept getting comments. Oh, it's four twenty, Dave. What the f- what? Like, oh, it's four twenty. Oh, yeah. And I announced a video for four twenty, and they're like, oh, he's announced four twenty. I'm like, what the fuck? So I searched it up. Yeah, it's like some slang term for marijuana. So he's asked, oh. what's the best stoner movie? Oh, I know what one is. What's that, dude? Where's my car? Yeah, <laughs> have to be either that or um, Harold and Kumar get the munchies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's fun. Uh, Jane, Silent Bob. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. it goes with that saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Nah, for me. Dude, where's my Dude, car? Dude, where's my car, yeah. Blake, I- Blake Eisen. Yep. Uh, Patreon. Yeah. Hey, Dave and old man Rick. Hey, Blake. Yep. I uh, hope all is go. well down in Melbourne. Going um, well. On the topic of non-stop, uh, of stop motion films from last mm. week's EP. Well, two weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, yeah. I was wondering what your favourite... Uh, Laika? Laika. Laika films are, I also wanted to chime in and say that I, that I think Ardman will keep it going, especially after the, the success of Sean and the Sheep, uh, Sean the Sheep, movies and show. What are some of your favourite stop motion films in general, along with Laika? Um, keep up the great work as always. Up the swans. Yeah. Um, he's, of course, a Sydney follower. Yeah, well. Yeah. There you go. They beat us Boo. by a couple of points, Boo. but they were lucky. Boo. Boo. That's obviously why he wrote that, because it yep. was a couple of weeks ago. Exactly so obviously right. someone wrote in a few weeks ago asking if we like stop motion and if we think it would, would um, survive CG animation yep, and stuff. Right. And we said probably in small doses. There's really only two companies that are doing it at the moment. That's Ardman and Leica. Leica, I don't think we've actually really even watched any of their movies. They did Coraline, Paranorman. We've watched Coraline. <clears throat> yeah, maybe a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, the Box Trolls. I found it really creepy. Yeah. Uh, Cubo and the Two Strings and Missing Link. We watched Missing Link recently. There's one yeah. with like the yeah. um, Yeti or whatever. Yeah, that's right. You know. um, I would probably say, oh, they assisted in making Corpse Bride as well. That was good. And there you Corpse go. They Bride. did the, they did the stop motion animation in a very Harold and Kumar three D Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Four twenty. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I would say probably um, I don't know maybe Coraline or the Missing Link. I really like the Missing Link. Chicken Run was that? No, that's Ardman. Oh right, okay. But from uh, but from them, I would say probably yeah, either of those. Apparently, Cubo and the Two Strings is amazing, so I have to watch that. Um, and overall, favorite stop motion, I would say yeah, probably Chicken Run. 
Or the Wallace and Gromit stuff, which I yeah, just love. The, the original, the, the first Wallace and Gromit mm. was fantastic. Yeah, those original shorts. Yeah. Yeah, you know, great. I didn't know this, but it is a Christmas tradition to watch Wallace and Gromit in the UK. Oh, really? Yeah, Christmas Day. Like, got to watch Wallace and Gromit. It's a bizarre thing. Yeah, I don't know why. Because it's not a Christmas one. No. It's just on. It's on TV. Is it really? I was like, because Alicia says, said to me, oh, Wallace and Gromit. I'm like, where's Wallace and Gromit on? She's like, oh, it's a tradition. Everyone watches Wallace and Gromit. You got to watch Wallace and Gromit on, on Christmas Day. Weird. I don't understand where it's come from. Oh, it's a little bizarre. Yeah, there you go. Are they a British, are they a British company? It's British, they? yeah. yeah. Uh, but there you go. Crazy. Mm. Maybe, I don't know, maybe because the original ones were just like short specials. I don't know, maybe if they were originally made as Christmas things and aired on Christmas or... Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe they were. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, next one. Nathan McCabe, another yep. Patreon. Hey, Dave and old man Rick. Hey, Nathan. Yep. Patreon. Oh, Patreon, that's what... Oh, you said that, yeah. I said that. I don't know. I think. I'm out of it. We've anyway. been going for two hours. Yeah, it's this is a good question, it. actually. Uh, do you find yourselves being a lot more selective now when purchasing films, now having over 5,000 titles? Also, do you strictly only try to purchase films on Blu-ray and 4K over other formats? I find I myself collect Blu-ray and 4K. All right, well, first I have to say we just surpassed 6,000 titles last week. Jesus. Um, Stop spending money, Dave. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of free ones too, though. I got a bunch well, of yeah, down you get there. Shitload of free ones. That's why. That's got us over the line. Yep. Um, so, long story short, no. <laughs> My spending habits are probably worse now. Yeah. Um, particularly as I do, as I said, I get a lot of stuff for free. I understand it's a privilege to be able to yep. get a lot of that stuff for free. But in my mind... But a lot of the stuff you get free are older titles and stuff Yeah, as well. a lot of older titles, but it, but it's also stuff I would have bought myself. Right, yeah. So, in my mind, I'm not like, oh, I've saved money. I'm like, well, that money that could have gone to these titles can now go somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. yeah. So I end up buying a lot of stuff that, again, either I've been putting off for ages, like the Warner Archive ones I just bought, or... Stuff that I probably wouldn't have bought. There's a big sale on Criterion. I can spend 300 bucks, or a sale on Arrow. I can spend up a Eureka, whatever. I'm buying a lot of going back and buying a lot of stuff that I just never put the money towards in the past mm-hmm. now. So, probably no, probably not more selective. But I think it is at a point now where I've got all the Criterions I want. I've actually got all the Eurekas I want. I've got all the Arrows I want. So, gone are the days where I'm going to be placing massive orders for them. Yep. Criterion keep releasing stuff, so every year I'll maybe buy two or three that they've released over the last year. But other than that, and Eureka is actually quite cheap to buy from Eureka's web store, so I buy a lot of stuff as it's released on mm, there now mm. as well. Um, but I, I haven't really purchased a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, you haven't bought ages. anything for because a while. There's not really been anything coming out any time when you come out. Right. Um, and even going through like JB, um, you know, I go looking for stuff mm. and there's not, so in the end, I just yeah. think, oh, what's the use? Because yeah. there's nothing I really want that I don't already have. Yeah. So, no, we're not more selective the more that we get. I feel no. like we're probably buying – I'm probably buying more than ever at the moment or getting more into the collection than ever. Yeah, yeah, At the sure. moment, uh, which is why it keeps skyrocketing. But, no, not more selective because it's, get, it's gone to a point now where a lot of stuff where you're like, oh, that will never come out on Blu-ray is coming out on Blu-ray. Yeah. A lot of these boutique labels are like bringing out – just plunging these back catalogs. Yeah. Um, and yes, it's it's exclusively Blu-ray and 4K. Yeah. Unless you can't get it, and it's something yeah. we really want, then we'll buy it on DVD. Yeah. 
usually TV. We used to buy a lot of TV on DVD. Yeah. But now most of that's on streaming, so we don't buy a lot of TV now. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of DVDs sent in to me from distributors, but again, that's stuff that's not available on Blu-ray, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I wouldn't mind having that in the collection. Yeah. Check it out, review but yeah, it. Yeah, but it's Blu-ray and 4K, mostly. Yeah. 4K where we can. Yeah. Um, but when you when we when we go to buy something that's available on Blu-ray and 4K, well, Dave will always check out the the ratings and reviews mm. on the picture and audio. Yeah. And if it says it's not not no no greater step up from the Blu-ray, Blu-ray just buy the Blu-ray. Just buy the Blu-ray because exactly right. it'll be ten bucks cheaper. Yeah. So that's what we'll do. All right. Next one. I don't know. I haven't got the next one. Really? Yeah. Oh, what's happened to your page? I don't know. That's bizarre. Oh, that is very bizarre. I don't know what you've done to me. I don't know. Maybe I forgot to save it and then send it. That happens. Maybe. Oh, do you want me to read them? You read them. Alex's Movie Corner says, Are you a fan of David Lynch? If so, what are your favourite films from him? Thanks, guys. David Lynch, what has he made? Really weird shit. I, I'm I not... He's the one that Michael... Michael Hill loves him. Loves him, him yeah. Um, like a razor head yeah, and no, all that I, stuff. I don't think I'm much of a fan of There's David three Lynch. movies of his I really like and the rest of it you could... I could I would never watch or I would never watch again um, Mulholland Drive I really liked The Elephant Man Elephant Man's great I feel like The Elephant Man's probably the most mainstream thing he ever did even though it's maybe not quite mainstream but it almost feels very different to the rest of his stuff um, and then Blue Velvet as well which was just a fantastic movie they're my three David Lynch films yep. good luck finding anything on there because he's directed so much so many short films you're not wrong it was impossible for me to like actually find movies listed on there yeah Twin Peaks but stuff TV. like yeah Twin Peaks and Alpha a razor Man. head and all that kind of weird shit yeah no, nah, there's not really much there yeah. that I could say I'm a big fan of so not huge but, fans uh, but I mean you know Alpha Man was a great film yeah um that's about all, really. Yeah. Um, Kennedy's foe asks, fastball question. What Australian actor could you see playing the next James Bond? Jackman. Hugh Jackman, yeah. Mm. That'd be cool, like an older James Bond. Really suave. I guess the other ones were older guys anyway. It's never really been a yeah. young no, James no, no, Bond. No, no. It's always like that 40 Other than um, Daniel Craig, who's played it quite young. And then I now thought he was shit playing it anyway. You hate him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say my pal, my best buddy, Josh Lawson. <laughs> Actually, no, he would be good too. Yeah, I reckon. He would be good. I'll get you to read this one. But for me, for, for oh, me Jackson, Jackson is um, Hugh Jackman. That's Jackson. Jack, Hugh, Jackman Hugh Jackman would be the one. All right, here we go. Okay, well, Walter, Walter, Saucer. Walter Saucer again. Can you read that? Yeah, I can read that. Okay, I've Walter Saucer, our buddy, who always sends in like a big <laughs> list of movies and asks if we've seen them. Righto. So yeah. this week he yeah. wants to know. Have you seen movies like Gifted? Yes. Wait. Which one's Gifted? <laughs> I don't know. Look at that. Let me have a look. Gifted. I think so. I know the name, but I can't. Was that Chris Evans? Um, was that the one where he had the the daughter? To co- yeah, Chris Evans. Yeah, yeah Chris there you Evans. go. The one where he had the, the daughter. Yes. 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 Yep. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire? Yes. Million Dollar Baby? Yes. The Fighter? Yes. Walk the Line. Yeah, Lost many in Translation. Walk the Line's great. Lost in Translation. Yes. Brilliant film. Mm-hmm. The Sandlot. Yeah. That was the Little Rascals was named oh, Sandlot. Right. Yeah, 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 the yeah, Sandlot yeah. overseas. Oh, wait, no, it was a different No, it was a different thing. That, that did have a different name over here, though. Um, the Sandlot. Maybe it was called The Sandlot Kids here, and overseas it was called The Sandlot. I don't know. 
Sandlot Kids. It's comes yeah, up. Yeah, I think I think that's the title here. And then overseas, oh. it was the Sandlot. Right next, <laughs> um, Capote. Yes. Uh, waltz with B- Bashir. Eh? Waltz. Waltz with no, Bashir. Never heard of it. Gone with the Wind. Yes. I've not sat through the whole thing. Really? Never. It's a hard one to get through. Sure. Just can't do it. Mm. Uh, Palm Springs. Yeah. Philadelphia. Philadelphia, yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls Trip. Yes. What was it? Actually, I watch it with Alicia. You might not have seen it. They go on a girls' trip. Well, I think I, I, think I, I can't have, remember. I think I have seen it. I, would, I definitely watched it with Alicia overseas. I feel like it had like Queen Latifah. Yeah, I, I, that's I'm pretty. I'm, that's Tiffany Haddish. I uh, can't remember who else was in it. Regina yeah. Hall. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Jada Pinkett's. Yeah, I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. It was all right. I liked it. Uh, Child's Play. No, I've never watched a Chucky film. Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yep, yep. The Art of Self Defense. Don't think so. Birds. The Birds. Just Birds. Oh. Is that, I don't know if that's birds or the birds. If it's the birds, Hitchcock, absolutely, a million times. But if it's one, I don't know if there's one just called birds. No. Nah. Okay, Probably so the birds, the birds yes. Uh, this is Spinal Tap. Yeah, I've <laughs> yeah. seen that. Yeah, it wasn't huge. I'm Over, even going to rewatch overhyped, it. I reckon. Yeah. Freaky? No, I haven't don't seen that not, yet. That's uh, Vince Vaughn. It's like a body swap movie. Oh, that's It's right. almost like the hot, you remember the hot chick where. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, what was his name? Rob Schneider yeah. goes into a female, yeah. but he's he's like a grown man that goes into a female body. But it's like a slasher horror comedy. Yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be quite good. The King of Staten Island. No, no, no but I want to see that. See that one. Um, the Nice Guys. Yes. Uh, the Nice Guys or My Neighbor. What's this? Oh yeah, The Nice Guys or My Neighbor Totoro, oh, right. which is a Studio Ghibli film. I haven't seen that one. No. There you That's go. It. That's it. That's the end of the show. Two hours long today. Pretty good. I'm to get some lunch, though. I'm starving, man. So hungry. How's your... Is it... Is it all dry over there? Yeah, no, we're all okay. Good, good, good. Uh, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks again to JBL for sponsoring the podcast. Um, I believe this is the last the week. The last one. The last week yep. that JBL is sponsoring. So thanks again for sponsoring. So we need a the, new sponsor. Yeah. For another month. More sponsors. Please email me at davelypod at gmail.com or davelydownunder at gmail.com, whatever. And we want some sponsors. Um, go The podcast, of course, goes out every single Monday on all podcasting platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, and Audible. The visual element is also available on YouTube. That goes out two days early to patron supporters. So if you want to support the channel for as little as a dollar a month, head to patreon.com forward slash davelydownunder. Don't forget, video podcasts are on a brand new channel as well. Uh, So they've all migrated across to a new channel. Uh, You can find me on YouTube at Dave Lee Down Under, over on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, There's links in the description of every podcast on all the podcast platforms. So click on through and you're there. Uh, If you want to write into the show again, you can shoot an email to davelypod at gmail.com. If you're listening on the podcast platforms, please leave a a rating and a review. Just good ones. Just the good ones. Only the good ones because they're they're good. They're good. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, YouTube preview. Last week I dropped my... <clears throat> Pardon me, Speedy Gonzalez, Cartoon Evolution. Yep. It's going all right. Um, go and check that one out if you haven't seen it yet. It's only a Cartoon Evolution short, so it's like a 17 or 18-minute video, I think, that one. Cool. Uh, so you can go and check that one out. I won't be doing a voice evolution for a couple of months because 
um, Gabriel Iglesias, you know, the, the comedian Fluffy, yep. he's doing the voice in Space Jam 2. We don't have any sound clips yet. So once the film's out, whatever, I will do the yeah, cool. video, uh, the voice evolution. And it's given me enough time now. I've just started on my next one, which is going to come out probably in a week or two. Mm. Probably two weeks. More likely awesome. two weeks. I'm very excited. It's going to get out very early. Have you announced who that is? Haven't announced it yet, but I will very, very soon. Um, of course, my review for Mortal Kombat is up on the channel. My interview with Josh Lawson and CC Stringer is up on the channel if you want to go and watch that. A couple of bits of cartoon news and stuff on there as well. This coming week, or this week that we're in right now, um, I haven't actually got anything planned. I'm sure there'll be a couple of news bits and stuff that'll come along, but that's uh, that's about it. So no huge videos this week. Other than, um, no, because the Mystic Quest, Mythic Quest um, interview will be... Mystic Quest. No, no, there's something what else you call it. Um, I can't remember. Something Quest. Um, I can't oh, remember. Oh, Space Quest space or something. Space. I don't know. Oh, don't know. oh, no, Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call yeah. It Galaxy Quest. Mythic, uh, yeah, so the Mythic Quest interview will be next week. So, anyway, uh, thanks so much for listening. And thanks, all my Rick, for joining me once again. Thanks, Dave. And thanks for listening, guys. See you later. Take it easy. Week.